Let's talk about it. Yeah. Okay. You know, so welcome, we welcome have, to Unclicked. Welcome I, to I Unclicked. Just did the, I just did the intro. Are we on? Yes, We're we are on. on. We have Ryan Nyquist has a guest, so, legend, professional bike oh. rider. Everybody knows mm-hmm. who he is. His intro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Nora Cup winner. Yeah. Wiener. Wiener. <laughs> and uh, before we get into Ryan's podcast, we got our first official collab. Yeah. Um, kind of a sponsorship, kind of a collab with Traction Coffee. They hit us up. They sponsor Matt Cordova already. Uh, and after talking with him, we decided to do a little unclicked traction coffee you know flavor of the month type thing where every bag you buy five dollars which is the proceeds goes to a fund to fly somebody in to do the show oh that's right yeah no no we're gonna let the people vote too so once we get enough money for a plane ticket we're gonna put it on rbmx and some instagrams dang that's pretty cool whoever the people want to see we'll get them a plane ticket yeah yeah Thank traction. you, Traction Coffee. They're awesome. They so are. I'll, I'll little, throw, I'll throw a little note. link in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You you I, have the I, same mug I do. Well, I, I literally, I mean, I know the Ride or Die guys from the mountain bike side, okay. and uh, and they did this collab for a t-shirt that I loved, and so I ordered a t-shirt, and then these dudes just hooked up a package of like like that mug, a bunch of coffee, like the t-shirt, obviously, I paid for, and then like the sweatshirt, stickers, and I was just like, I don't know you dudes, but I love you. Like, you're awesome. Like, you yeah, know, just to, cool. took the time to just set something up like that. And I was like, I just ordered a t-shirt and you guys hooked me up with like all this stuff. So good dudes over there for sure. So all you have to do is just type your name is Ryan Nyquist and you get free stuff when you buy from companies, basically. <laughs> Apparently. That's, yeah. a, that's how yeah. it goes, right? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Works for me. <laughs> Rider own coffee. Traction Coffee yep. helping us out to get a, a special guest in pretty yeah. soon. I so. think it'd be, I can be pretty cool. So I don't. I mean, even if it's like once the coffee's done, we'll, we'll take whatever funds and I'll, we'll throw in some of you know our BMX money and, and get get somebody out here. So somebody special. So that's what I'm that's what I'm most looking forward to when they when I you know had that idea. They were super down for it. So uh, you know, buy a bag of coffee. You know, you might as well support. All BMX coffee. Which I was going to say. Yeah, I was trying to spread the love. The best, but, you know, yeah. and there's a, there's a few of them got, out there. We got we got Radshare. There's Tired Eyes, Roth Rock. Was there another one? Probably. Yeah, probably. But we'll get that one next time. So. It's a lot of coffee. Yeah. So that's we we did the plug. Yeah. Thank you, Traction yeah. Coffee. And now here's an uninterrupted podcast with Ryan Nyquist. <laughs> 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 Ryan, thank you. You actually have had a crazy schedule. You're here for like a few days, and you managed to squeeze in between sessions with the U.S. team to come hang out with me and Fudger and. Talk some shit on the air. Yeah, man. Uh, I know we talked about this for a while, so I was stoked to be able to make it happen. I yeah. kind of just sent you guys that, like, hey, I want to be on your podcast. Can you make it work? And yeah. we made it work. So. You know, we appreciate uh, that. 16 year old me just just died a little bit when I got that text. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. So Ryan Nike was hitting us up to yeah. hang out. Like, <laughs> yeah, baby. I did, if I didn't, I was pretty busy today, but I was, I was like, I know in a box in this house somewhere. There is a signed photo from Nyquist from when he was doing a, uh, a dirt contest in Del Mar, San Diego. Mm. And I had a camera that I bought oh at like God. Circuit City and then returned afterwards because I had no money. But I ran a bunch of film through it and then <laughs> had him sign him. And he was like hyped. He was so cool. When I was like, you know, we're almost the same age. You're only a couple of years older than he I am. But cool. I was like, oh, no, I was like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I was so psyched. And it was it was a cool, that it was was a cool like little moment. Right for me. when I got on Haro. Was it? Yeah. yeah like like right on. Because it was, it, I, don't, I don't even know if it was a contest. Oh, look, there's a kid cat. Yeah. That's, um, that's she real. makes appearances. Yeah. It, it wasn't even really a contest, I don't think. It might have mm. been just a demo. Because I remember it was, I was out there. I think Dave was out there. My one big takeaway from that. Because it was like under an overhang, correct? Maybe. I remember the roll-in being like 
death defying but that was also like the first giant roll one i've ever seen like that yeah i think there, i don't know i'm gonna it's, have to it's, take this it's photo very foggy now. and i feel like there was some kind of ramp thing inside my biggest takeaway was this is the first time i saw like a milk chugging competition <laughs> and a radio station there had people chugging gallons of milk and i just remember seeing it obviously scarred me but i remember seeing a guy just kill it right and he was just like yeah and they're like we got a winner and he was just like yeah and as he was saying yeah his mouth <laughs> filled with milk like involuntarily slow trickle vomit just filling his mouth milk filling his mouth with milk and then he was just like spit it out like yeah just kept going like so i was like bro your stomach is just like revolting against what you just did to <laughs> it amazing. and you were just so pumped and I, I just remember i was like I've never seen anything like this in my life, but it was is it the fair? Yeah, it must have been the fair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's yeah. the only. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> but you are here as coach for the Olympic team. So you're the coach for the full. Yeah, that's that's typical. <laughs> so uh, yeah, let's just talk about that because we haven't talked too much about the Olympic thing yeah. at all, besides on Peraza's unclick. So yeah. what's are, you're the coach, and let's fill us in on what's going on with the whole Olympics. I am the BMX. coach of uh, Team USA BMX Freestyle for the men and women, um, which is pretty rad. Um, I kind of started that whole journey. Uh, I really wanted to be an athlete on, you know, like trying to make the Olympic, you know, team and stuff like that. And so I, I kind of started training really heavy um, to just, you know, make that. Uh, during that process, I'd be going to contests and knowing that I kind of had an interest in coaching as well, but, you know, couldn't exactly coach the men, but I could coach the women because it wasn't mm. a conflict. So um, I started just kind of like just on my own hopping in and like, you know, uh, helping Angie with her run, you know, talking to Hannah and just kind of offering advice. And it went really well. Like, and they were super just, they were well receiving the information, like criticism, all that stuff. And it was like, we were getting better results. Like you could see them from qualifying and then, you know, like change the run up a little bit and they were bumping up spots. Like Angie was like on the podium and all this stuff. And I was like, wow, like I really like this process, you know, like, and I was like, okay, this is something I could do. And so meanwhile, I was like riding really hard, you know, trying to just like up my own Annie and show up to these events. Um, Long story short, I was already at a disadvantage because I was like half foot in the mountain bike world, half foot in BMX. And it was kind of the year after I like I did really well in the mountain bike world and then like kind of stuck around for another year. But at the same time, like BMX had been announced it was in the Olympics. So I was like, well, I kind of want to be over there. But I was like already kind of obligated yeah, to do yeah. this. So trying to juggle both, it, it put me at a huge disadvantage um, just really points wise. And then also energy wise, like I was trying to do both and I was just like, dude, I, I spread myself too thin. Um, so fast forward, you know, kind of did the points after a couple bad events. I was like, all right, I'm out of the race. So then started talking to USA cycling and they're like, well, you know, we'd love to have you on for the men as well. And I was like, okay. And then we just kind of talked it through and I was like, let's do it. So that's you cool. Know, eventually got in that position as well. And then, you know, it's been awesome ever since, you know, it's a, it's a good group of riders that, you know, the talent's obviously there. Like, we have a huge talent pool in the U.S. So the riders are just awesome to deal with. You know, super motivated, just killing it. And we have so many different styles, too. Like, from the men to the women, it's just – it's really exciting to go in events and see just the growth. It's been really cool. So, what do, oh, go ahead. What, do, what's, what have you been doing, though, since COVID and you haven't been able to get together too much? Like, I know you can see some of the riders somewhere on the West Coast, somewhere in Daniel Dare's facility mm -hmm. like they're kind of all spread out right now like, yeah it just seems I, like you guys are finally grouping together as of this weekend and yeah this is the first time in a long time we've actually gotten together yeah. as a group and previously um you know basically i was just giving them feedback through instagram and if they did something good i would just like it <laughs> no not at all what were you doing <laughs> that's not true 
Um, <laughs> I was like, where are you going? Imagine that. They would be like, dude, I hope Ryan liked this pose. Like, yeah. He didn't. Yeah. I thought for real you were saying you were DMing them and just <laughs> no. liking their pose. All right. No, we, uh, I mean. Did you just go, Resi doesn't count? <laughs> there's other people for that. Yeah, there's other people. Um, no, it's, I, I mean, a lot of our stuff was just like literally sending videos or like just, you know, having phone just calls. Just communicating. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know, even with COVID, we were still able to kind of like get together individually. Like the riders that are in North Carolina, like Paris, Hannah. Um, I saw a little bit of Justin, um, but really it was like, you know, I could go there or they could come to my backyard and ride. So we would get together periodically. This is the first time this weekend where we got together, like as a team, everybody, which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool because I mean, it's been so crazy. Like literally a year has gone by, no events, no team camps, no training sessions. So it's kind of like you got the job and then it went pause. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I was, I was in there for about a year and then. Really, it started getting like really serious because our uh, Olympic points race was like we were in the dead middle of it, and then COVID hit, and then it was just like oh, like we're on pause. So really, like we had this like amazing, just like momentum going into it, and we were in a good spot, um, like points wise, we were in first and with the men, anyways. Like we're killing it with the ladies. The women are just like way ahead, on right? fire. Yeah, yeah so the women are way in first, and the yeah, men like we the have men are we have first place at this time. Um, yeah, at, at that time we were in first, and then um, the crazy thing was, COVID hit, and then if you remember, like all of a sudden there was like travel restrictions starting to like trickle in, and people couldn't go certain places and but stuff. Some oh, people still could. The... It was like in the yeah, and so the when, full lockdown with with um, UCI is our our main governing body with anything cycling. So when when anything Olympic goes through cycling, whether it's road, mountain bike, BMX, it goes through the UCI. And their main objective is to make everything fair, right? So uh, Nick Bruce went to these two um, lower-level events, which we call C1 events, um, and he went there and won. And it's it's really interesting because it's like, you know, the people that were there were able to get there. Yeah. And there was very little countries that, you know, were like, oh, I want to go, but I couldn't. Actually, there was none. But the UCI, because there was like one or two travel restrictions to countries that couldn't leave their country at that time, they like kind of like moved the qualifying date past Nick's event. Uh-huh. So they took those points away, which essentially put us into second place okay. behind Australia. All right. doesn't seem like a big deal. Yeah. But when you get to that cutoff point, first place takes two riders. Mm-hmm. Second, third, fourth, fifth, maybe sixth takes one rider. So it's really the only position that really were like it affects. So like, you know, I think UK is in third and they're just kind of like, well, I mean, we could be in fourth. It wouldn't matter because you're still taking one rider to the Olympics and that's yeah. the end all goal. So for us. So they don't really sweat it. But if, they, if you're in the race. Exactly. So between the on the men's side, between U.S. and Australia, it's like I think we're actually tied and we would lose the tiebreaker because of the, the date. I think it was March 3rd that they set. And so like Nick did an event like on the 5th or 8th or something like that. And then they took those points away. So. We're really looking forward to having something on the calendar so we can like have a battle and try to get in that top spot so we can take two men. Otherwise, we're just taking one. Yeah. So it, it's it's really like and who's in, who's in the lead for the men right now? Right now, I think we have a tie. So we go off of our internal ranking. Okay. So it's it's super and this is this is this is the thing though because I heard this on the didn't maybe Kevin talked about this on his podcast that the the head coach gets the final call correct so somebody else could somebody could have the points and then they're like hey. You have the most points, but we feel like this competitor is doing is has the best shot of winning. In some countries, yes. Oh, okay. So each country is responsible to set their own guidelines. Okay. In the U.S., um, 
we try to avoid that kind of situation. Yeah, it seems because, a little dicey. Well, I mean, like, I mean, when it comes to the Olympics, like, there's lawsuits, like, people freak yeah. out. So it's like, it's a thing that's just like, for us, we really want to make it to where it's like, no questions asked, you won the points, you go. Um, so for us, I don't think we would use that kind of like discretion because it, it brings up like too many things. But we're also in a period where, I mean, a pandemic literally knocked us out for like a year. Yeah. So it's like, okay, like we had no competitions. We don't, we don't know who's really riding good under pressure anymore. Yeah. You know, so we're basing all this stuff off of what, what happened last year, which gets tricky. And we, uh, a lot can happen in a year, especially, oh God, especially so when much. dudes, you know, like Nick has had, has his compound. So he's riding all the time. Justin, I, I, I believe he's sometimes at Durs house. Uh, he, Durs he's, house. He's, he's, yeah. yeah. That's where Durs lives. Yeah. The house of Durs. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> he's, he's, he's up there. Like he's, he's living in Holly Springs. I think he's, okay. just, uh, he, I think he's signing on a house like cat, now. The cat is trying to get yet your oh, uh, yeah, bag yeah. of almonds right here. Just put it in with your brake cable. Oh yeah. Yeah. We'll get a complimentary <laughs> gift uh, to all unclick podcasts with front brakes. They Much get an Odyssey nice. brake cable. <laughs> I, I'm going to put them on. Shout out uh, Odyssey. That is true. That was just sitting here for Ryan. Yeah, uh, 100%. Because <laughs> Odyssey, Odyssey sends me like a box of stuff to like kind of give away. And I'm like, it's a brake cable. I don't really know where to lump this in. And, oh, you know, you like I can't do like an online giveaway. No, but if it was like a set of brakes or something, like, you know, it'd be something Bro, like worth winning. But I'm like, oh, it's a cable. Look it up. So Nuno will be happy that it goes to ryan nyquist yeah. thank you the, i appreciate uh, yeah, that so where's our gift um him being here come on oh yeah duh, <laughs> duh. Yeah, presence you're blessed with yeah he's getting so, greedy already <laughs> yeah i know right i'm selfish you know you give a gift to get a gift you know um so let me guess is it just it's got to be justin nick and sandoval let's and, pause it right now run. too because a lot of people probably don't even who listen to this podcast don't even know who justin dowell is you know, like, oh uh, yeah, but like there's other big names in the Olympics, and I feel like Justin is like this. Underground. He's like the underdog. He's yeah. like a fees yeah. rider only. So yeah. like, he's he's super competitive, and I've talked to him. He's a cool kid, you know. And I would love to have him on the podcast because yeah. I, I've had my problems with him. Like we've got little exchanges no, online, but I here. like that he has a strong opinion. He has an opinion. That's cool. Oh, and he yeah. and he very much so. does. Like he's very like I mean he's a very methodical, logical person. Yeah. Like and he's and he's insanely smart. Yeah. Like he he's like Menza smart. This is the nice. guy who's in the lead for Olympic points right now on the U.S. team. And yeah. He's like so much more underground than all the other guys. Yeah. That, yeah. And like, so Nick I think I, I think it's actually tied. Him and Nick are tied. So, oh wow. Okay. So that's what I was going to be before is like we have an internal ranking system that we use to send a person so there's a there's like a world ranking this which is, is crazy oh it's it's, yeah. dude, it's, it's insane it's, right? so it goes and i've i've been learning and i i can honestly say i don't know everything and i'm like kind of figuring it out as i go but but yeah so our internal ranking we call it the power ranking and that is based upon not to be confused with the powerball not at all yeah yeah that go ahead true. sorry uh where was it? Oh, so it, our I know, dude. <laughs> so the power ranking. The jokes it, aren't worth getting him off topic. <laughs> no, they are. They There's are. so many things to consider in the Olympics. The power ranking consists of World Cups, which are like all the feast events, um, World Championships, and I believe. Oh, and then I, I think I think that's actually it. Okay. Maybe we actually count the Olympics rolling forward to the next year. Yeah. Um, but that's really all it counts. So we have all these different level events. Those C1s, they don't count for our ranking, but they count for the world ranking. So within our U.S. power ranking, Nick Dow and – sorry, Nick Dow. Justin Dow and Nick Bruce 
We're going to combine them into one rider. Have the super rider. Um, they're tied for first. I'm imagining like Sandoval's legs with Nick's arm. <laughs> they're tied for first. I think Nick actually loses the tiebreaker, so Justin would be the one to go to the Olympics. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's as it stands right now. And the Olympics are happening. I guess that's a good question. The they Olympics are happening. are happening. They are happening. Official, no uh, crowd. Right? No uh, international spectators. Wow. So it'll be likely all Japanese in the crowd. Cool. Which, okay. is, which is better than what I thought because I thought it was going to be like and, empty stadium or whatever. Yeah, because yeah. it seems like if you did, didn't do Olympics for another, another summer, they would just cancel and wait for the next one. Yeah, because, um, you know, obviously we're on a four-year cycle. Yeah. But with that year going by of COVID, we're – now pushing into like essentially what would be the next qualifying year. So yeah. like we start our qualifying process for Olympic points just about two years out. Yeah. So we're going to have about a year off and then just start charging it again. So it really does like change everything. So it didn't change the whole cycle of it. This one's changed and it goes back to the every four year schedule. So the next one will be three years after yeah. this one. So there'll be, you know, 2022 is the yeah. winter oh, wow. one. 2024, they're going to stick to that because I think they like the nice round numbers. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so they basically rolled over 2020 into 21. Yeah. And then just say, okay, yeah, three years to do the next one. Huh. We already knew we were going to go to Paris for 2024. So they're probably already working on it. It's just. It, you know, for us, it just means that, you know, instead of having two years of just kind of rebuilding or, you know, identifying talent or whatever, we have one year and then we go right into the qualifying process again. So, so is it weird to train the guys that you have been competing against and you still possibly will compete against, you know, like, I'm going to keep this little tip, you know, <laughs> like, um, it's, I think at first it was kind of weird because I, I jumped literally like, uh, my last contest where I was actively trying to gain points to be like on the Olympic team was like a feast Montpellier. Mm-hmm. And I just, I crapped the bed. It sucked. And I was like, okay. And then the next contest I was their coach. Yeah. So kind of like an odd thing. And I had to kind of approach it delicately because I didn't want to be like, I'm your coach. Tell me what you want to do. You know? Cause it's like, you know, like there is information and people like don't like sharing. So, I mean, and that was the other thing too, is like, you know, trying to like figure out, <laughs> Cats, dogs, all kinds of stuff yeah. going on. That's, um, a, that's, that's unclicked tradition. <laughs> um, but, you you know, like every rider is different. So some riders are like, tell me what to do. Tell me what you think. Look at this. Give me feedback. And other riders are like, I'll let you know when I need something. Yeah. You know, and then there's someone in between. So it's like, you know, not only did I have to like change their persona of me as like a rider that's been competing against them, that's on the deck, that's seen as like someone that I'm not going to share this information with, to all of a sudden I'm like – completely on your side completely on your corner i want you to do well like let's go so that was a bit of a process too and some riders took to it like that you know and that was awesome because it was just like right on let's get to work and other ones it was like you know trying to figure out like what what can i do for you you know like what do you need help with or how can i be like a help to you like and you know it's just it's still a learning process you know like i'm still learning with all the athletes because some are like amazing like i said it's just super easy they're just like boom and other ones it's just like i I can do this, but they don't want me to do that because if I do that, then they feel pressure and they might back down from that. It's like, it's do you, really, do you have an example of like a, like a, a, something where you saw a quantifiable like result right away? Like you gave some, you said somebody like, Oh, the, you know, on the women's side, mm-hmm. you know, they had an improvement from qualification to finals based off of your suggestions. Yeah. I mean, Angie was the one, I mean, it was early on. It might've been, uh, 2017 world championships or 2018. I can't remember which year, but, um, she did her qualifying run, and I think she was ooh, um, maybe like fourth or fifth. Mm-hmm. And then we tweaked the run a little bit, you know, had her do some stuff during practice, 
you know, that she wasn't sure about. And it was just me being like, dude, you got this. Trust me. I did it during my practice. It works out fine. And then this looks, she put together a run and she was on the podium. Just like switching up the line almost. At that point it was switching up the line, yeah. you know, and, and I mean, the women's stuff in general, they've had such a crazy progression. Curve. It's insane. Yeah, yeah. Like they're learning stuff nonstop. So at the time it was like, it was as simple as switch up your line. It's going to flow better. You'll get more points because the trick stuff was like, you know, the very basic one hander stuff like that. And so like, we weren't really talking about tricks. We were more talking about like smooth out your line. This is going to give you more speed. You'll go a little bit higher on the box. If you can do an X up cool, that was the level at the time. And mm-hmm. so tweaking one little thing got her, I think jumped like a couple spots and she was on the podium. Mm. Um, and we saw a bunch of that earlier on now fast forward. And it's all of a sudden it's like, you know, not, I mean, line choice is always super important, but now we're really talking about tricks and where to do them and how to do them. And so it's, it's really come a long way in a very short period of time because they've been putting in like such hard work it's, yeah. and it's awesome to watch. Cause I mean, that's like one of the most fun part is watching progression, right? Well, they're in this crazy fast forward of progression to where it's like, every week someone's doing something new, you know, and a lot of it's coming from Hannah. Hannah's just crushing it. Like she's just super motivated, riding super hard, putting her head down, putting the work in and just, you know, she's doing all these things that women have never done before. And it's amazing. Okay. Is there, is there, is for the trick side of it, like on the, on the men's side, is it, is, has there been an example like that as well? Or is it like kind of, um, I feel, I feel like a lot of those dudes are just so set in their ways of like what they, yeah. And I mean, when you work with that level of athlete, it's like, you're not really trying to tell them what and BMXers to do. And, B, and you're dealing with BMXers who've which, never had which, a coach, which again, like some yeah. people were like, cool. Like, I love it. And other ones were like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's figure this out. Um, but like a good example for me was, uh, you know, I've been working with Daniel Sandoval and it's been great because he's like straight up tell me like he he can take like a harsh criticism mm. you know he can give it back to me and tell me why i'm wrong um so we have a really good working relationship um but he got super frustrated i think at fee small pda too and and basically like nailed his run and got a score that he was just like i don't agree you know yeah. and i was like and so he was like Psh, what else am i going to do and so i sat him down i was like i mean you have another run so why don't we switch something up he's like i don't know what else i do and i was just like well you got like that crazy 360 superman seat grab that thus far you've only done that at best trick comp. Like if you're already throwing this run away, go out there and try to do something totally different from everybody else. Because I mean, you guys watch the contest, like a lot of it looks very similar. So let's do something that looks a little different and it didn't work out. I mean, I think he, I think he didn't quite get the trick or something like that, but it was just like that moment. I think he realized that maybe I had something to offer, you know, having that kind of like, because he was hot headed, he was just like, "This is crap." Well, it like, breaks you out from the crowd. I mean, we—that's when we had Kevin on. That's what we talked on. It, mm-hmm. Talked about is kind of the, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'll like, do the bar spin before the tail up. You do the tail up before the bar spin mm-hmm. type homogenization yeah. of yeah. of riding. And so it's like yeah. I think stuff like that is so important oh, to, so to sprinkle to, in. You know, for Olympic style contest that everyone is like everyone's way different, but everyone's doing a lot of similar tricks. Like you said, bar spin, tail up, different variations. Mm-hmm. For someone, because Daniel could just be there by himself under the ramp, like fuck this, like I'm yeah, not going to get yeah. a better score. But having that idea of like, here, maybe you can with the stand out with this a little bit, and then yeah, do the rest of stuff. And, it's and like my point is like, okay, if that was if that was your best run that you thought you could do and you got the score, well then like let's see what else we can do. At the very least, we can use this as like an experimental process to be like, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to throw it away, let's just throw some stuff at the wall and see what sticks, yeah. and maybe. Maybe you do get a bump in your score, that's and all cool, of a sudden yeah. you're like, "Hey!" In between like, runs, you have Ryan Nyquist's brain to bounce off. Well, and that's ideas. like, like that's, that's what I was kind of getting to. Is like with, with the men, it's like I kind of tend to see it's not so much of like, 
hey, dude, when you're doing that triple whip, because I'm not the triple whip guy, but I can you're tell not them. On the like, sidelines, like, dude, raise a seat up if you want more points. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm you like, like throw an extra <laughs> have, you, have you tried putting on back pegs and do it <laughs> rocket, rocket triple tail whip? Take off rocket. Yeah, you definitely have to think differently because it's not like you, like, thinking of your tricks. It's like, what? Yeah. what well, and, you and, have to almost think, like, what the judges are thinking. And like, Yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, but for me, it was like, I can I can gain or I can give them a lot of stuff that I've learned knowledge-wise, experience-wise through the years of competing, you know? So if you get bummed out all of a sudden, no. it's like, okay, well, let's just twist it up. And having someone like that on the side that's, like, not caught up in the moment uh-huh. 100% and you can be like, okay, take a deep breath, chill. I actually did that with um, yeah. Hannah Roberts at the this last Worlds, too, because she did a run that she was not happy with. And it was – I knew it, too. I was just like, okay, that's not what you want to do. And she came to the side. She had been working all year. She was just like – it was like – Imagine spending a whole entire year working towards something and then you get there and you're like all prepared and then something happens, you run. Like she was worked up, right? So she gets she gets on the side and she's just like just stressed, you know, yeah. like upset. And I was like, okay, let's just chill. And I was like, so I know that you want the run, right? You have a run that you want. And it doesn't matter what the score is, you want the run. But what do you want more? Do you want the run or do you want the jersey, which is like the championship yeah. jersey, the world Fuck champion, yeah. Yeah. the stripes? And she's kind of sad that she goes – the jersey. I was like, okay, so here's what we're going to do. And then we created a plan based upon what I felt like she needed to do. It turns out her not so great run actually won the contest. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't have to go that way. But just having that person on the side to say, take a deep breath. Let's talk about this. You know, mm-hmm. we only have like, like four minutes. It's very short amount of time, but it's just like, like for me, it's like, I, I always just lean on that fact that like I have x amount of years experience competing and been in so many different situations that like i can kind of sit back and be like do this let's think about this what about this and then just let the athlete kind of like dictate where they want to go maybe more contest finals than any other bmx yeah i was gonna that's i mean did you ever was there ever somebody like that for you like some sort of you know kind of like uh de facto coach (laughs) um you know, on the yeah, deck, yeah, like, like 100. So team the, managers and stuff. Well, that's that's the thing I always kind of say too is like you know people are always like well, how like how is it that you're a coach like how is that because we've never had coaches and I was like well yeah we've never had someone that was like officially you're a coach but you always had homies that were like hey dude like I I you know how'd that look like what happened mm-hmm. you know and so you ask them and it's like it's very similar role you know so for my my guy like that that was always Darden. Darden. I was gonna say, I remember yeah. you and Darden yeah. always dude. being in practice, like helping each other out, timing <laughs> runs for each other. You guys were each other's little. Yeah, you guys are the like, dynamic duo these days. Anyways, yeah, and, and, and now you still work together. Yeah, yeah cool. and I, I love that dude because it's like we we get each other. Mm-hmm. So like there's days when and like, you're both coaches now. It's so know, funny. Right? That is so. Is funny. he still yeah. the Chinese coach? He's not anymore because yeah. China kind of fell out. But he was like he was yeah, yeah, yeah. He was trippy. You guys both be, yeah. you were like each other's coaches throughout all those big contests. Yeah, well, the funny thing is like you know so that whole gig. Sorry, we're going off on tangents. No, that's okay. That's what it was. The Chinese. We'll get into you being painted blue in your insert soon. All right. Appreciate all right. it. Um, like, I got hit up to be the Chinese coach, and I was like, "All right, what's the deal?" Got the details. Decided it wasn't for me, but I was like, "I can recommend somebody that you can hit up," and it was Darden. Yeah. And I, my thing was like, Darden has personally coached me. You know, like he's he's actually like the person that basically uh, told me to do the Powerball, told me to do nose bonk suicide. You know, like all these tricks that he was just like you got to do this you, like that that'll work and i'm like it ain't gonna work darn shut up and all of a sudden it's like <laughs> like all right dude it works yeah i actually used to pay darden every time i did the powerball I, I was just a, i was just gonna make that joke and that's yeah. real no, that's... oh 100 so like the powerball is copyrighted the, yeah no footed double seat grab double bar spin yeah. 
right? Dennis needs to get on. That would be fucking. Yeah. You need front brakes. It's, it helps. Oh, do you? Yeah. You tap them. Yeah. Crazy. It helps. Crazy. Um, but that was Darden. Like, Darden took that trick from trampoline bike riding, mm-hmm. right? He's like, dude, you got to try that because he knew the dynamics of the front brake. And I was just like, you're crazy. That's, I'll never do so that. So just as somebody who's never uh, – uh, I have proof of bar spin behind me. That's my that's my proof of bar spin right there. <laughs> but uh, but uh, never had front brake. So when you, you tap in the bike, the, the bar spin, how much faster? Like is there a percentage you could put on it? Yeah, I'd like, say like double the speed. Really? And yeah. more in control, just like a trampoline bike, how you don't have that rotational yeah. force. Yeah, the bike like, doesn't wobble. The faster you go, okay. the more slow and wobbly a bar spin gets. That's why when you go really fast, you have to be like right there with yeah. the bar unless – Front Crazy. brakes, you can get a little more chill yeah, with similar it. Similar concept of tail up. So if you're going to tail up a 40 foot double, that tail up is going to feel harder because your wheel is like, yeah, unless you hit you the You have to control brakes. it way more unless you tap yeah. the brakes and it just, thump. yeah. Crazy. So hitting yeah. the front brakes, for me, uh, a good example, like Suicide 360s, I hit the front brakes, it stops the wheel. Mm-hmm. Have you ever grabbed a wheel by the axles and done this one? Yeah, screen, yeah. And it feels yeah. all weird. And so that same rotational. If anybody like, can do physics, a Suicide 3 without front brakes, I think Natalie Cramner. I've never seen it. I've seen I him do it over a hip. Funny. I've never seen even anyone even do an air suicide. It's, I, I think he literally threes and then just goes like this and then takes it and then it goes. Oh, he has a little technique. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cool. Um, but the front brake technique, like, you know, with bar spins, it speeds them up because it's the same as like if you were in your garage and you backed up against a wall and just spun them. Mm-hmm. They're going to spin exactly that fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it'll go. So it's like you hit the front brake and do the bars. They spin like crazy. If you hit the front brake while you're flipping, like for suicide flips, I hit the front brake. Suicide threes. I hit the front brake. I used to do it with triple trucks, so they'd spin around faster. Crazy. Um, so there's like a you know the, the Powerball is yeah. one that you know. So going back to that, you know, you go off, hit the front brake, spin the bars, and Darden's and like, yeah, yeah. So Darden, Darden <laughs> was like, Darden was like, you got to do that. Yeah. And then so I learned it and got it dialed. And I remember I went to um, Elevation in Guadalajara, and I was tired. And they had a best trick contest. And he's like, you gonna get in there? And I was like. Dude, I don't want to. He's like, just go in there and win it and just do it. And I was like, I don't want to. He's like, all right, here's the deal. If there's five minutes left and nobody's pulled anything, I'll I'll do it. And so I waited and waited and waited. And I think you actually – oh, you were there. You I got crashed. knocked out. Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> While you are waiting. <laughs> yeah. Oh. And so – and then five minutes came up and nobody pulled anything. So he was like, get your shit on. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> – all right, so I like put pads on, you know, like I wear all the gear. Yeah. So it was like, you know, I was really four racing, minutes, four minutes racing. and thirty seconds oh, later, it, yeah. it got down to like a minute, yeah. and I was like, all right, so I, 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 I had to like kind of cut in line. I took like a warm up run, and my tester for that trick was always like, take my feet off, hit front brakes, and then just be like, all right. And so then literally landed one run, ran back to the top, did the power ball, pulled it, and made like five thousand bucks. <laughs> that's so sick. that's what's up. So on the way, on the way out hey, of town, like. Well, it was it was always ten percent. Oh, I paid him ten percent. So on the way out of town, I went to the airport, went to the ATM, handed him five hundred bucks. Fuck yeah, that's what's up. That's like, such yeah. a sick story. Yeah. So I mean, like, but so going yeah, back no, to the other good. tangent, yeah, yeah. Darden was always the guy that was like, "Hey, can I can I tell you my run?" He'd be like, "Yeah." And it, it, the cool thing was, is like, you know, we were competing against each other. Yeah. And then he would, you know, sometimes Darden always had a way of working the course. Yeah, like, unlike any other, yeah, he was you know, so, so he never really needed a lot of my help. Maybe more trick selection sometimes, like dirt. But like, I would always go to him and be like, "Yo, let me, can I, can I tell you?" He'd be like, "Yeah, yeah." And then he'd be like, "Why don't you do?" And you know, Darden's always like, it's like when you have someone else's like trick list there, it's so easy to just be like, "Oh, you should do this." Yeah, and so he'd yeah. always throw stuff out, and sometimes it'd be like, 
actually, I kind of like that. And other times, like, don't come on, man. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. taper down a little. What's bit. It, the the <laughs> the shadow the the shadow writing or something like that? Like yeah. the, the ghost writer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so yeah, I mean, not writer, but writer. writer. Actually, yeah, of the yeah. course. Yeah. So. Yeah. So he and I always had like that kind of like good relationship, but like it was very much like he was like my go-to coach. Yeah. So like now it's like I'm the coach of the USA team, and I just kind of look at myself as like you know, almost like a mentor of some sorts. Yeah. It's not like a coach, like what people like a soccer coach. Yeah. Like a, like, like a, a whistle and yeah, like a you know, yeah. clipboard. It's like, I'm it's really almost, just there. That's being a good like, way to put do you, it. Do like, you make them like work out? No, no. Okay. No. I mean, I, I, like, it, <laughs> I mean, it's a it's, ridiculous it's, question, but also it's very loosely. Of, and I, and I, yeah. and I can make recommendations. Like if people are like, Hey, like I can be like, Hey, listen. someone's super skinny, but they got the skills. You might be like, Hey, get a little meat yeah, on your like, legs. And, and, and it might be easier. And you have to explain it to them in like such a way that makes sense too, because every writer is different. So it's like, you know, this rider's amazing at tricks, but like, you know, can't go very high. I'd be like, well, mm-hmm. dude, if your legs are strong, you might have a better pump and then you can hit this quarter pipe and blast and then do that amazing trick. Yeah. And they might not have ever thought of that. They might be just like, I just don't go as high as everyone else. And it's the like, amount Man. of resources that we have now for the riders is like amazing. So if you're on the national team and you tell me that you want to, you're thinking about working out, I can get you access to like a full on strength coach is going to write you a program and hold wow. you accountable. You know, if you feel like you're eating crap and you want to clean it up, I can get you access to a nutritionist. Wow. You know, if you feel like you're not mentally there and strong enough, I can get you access to a sports psych. And that's all that's all perks of being on the actual team, yep. correct? Yeah. Yep. Don't so you that's get, so, that's you so get cool. 25 grand a year too, just from USA there's, as being yeah, a there's, rider? Yeah, there's levels to it as well. So like there's gold, silver, bronze. So you get um, cash, you get all this yeah, Access, so if you, if nutrition, yeah. gym stuff. Yep. And you can, I mean, like, there's there's budgets. I mean, for it should be. They want to win the, America wants to win that gold medal. It's like such mm-hmm. a thing for a country. It's like you should be making, hooking yeah. these athletes yeah. up for sacrificing so much to try and get a medal. Yeah. And I mean, this is like really the first time we've been doing this. So, like, the athletes that are on the team now are learning kind of how to utilize those resources too, you know? And that's that's kind of like my job. You guys are all my learning boss, together. Jamie's all your first. Yeah. Time. Like, that's us to kind of like, explain that to them you know mm-hmm. so they can like kind of learn the ways too and so you know they're learning this new way of you know becoming like an olympic rider or just a professional rider how to balance all that and so that's part of our job is to be like you know do you want this this is what this can do like are you interested and, and again some riders are like 100 percent. i'm gonna dive in give me everything because i feel like i could benefit and some are like no i'm good yeah so it's just, again, every rider is so individual that you have to really learn what that rider is all about and how to like, you know, treat them as a mm-hmm. rider so that you can best, you know, coach them through contests and run and just, you know, just every day too. Like, I mean, these guys are riding so hard on the daily that, you know, a lot of this stuff translates over into like everyday life. Yeah. yeah the best coaches know their people, like each one of their riders or their, their athletes completely individually. Yeah. Best teacher too. And then best teachers yeah. out there know their students and they make it. You got to know everyone's late. different. You can't yeah. just teach everyone the same or you're not yeah. going to be one of the best coaches. Yeah. And that's, teachers. that's been one of the biggest challenges is just like, you know, how do I be the best coach for these riders so they can have like the most success. We'll be right back. Hey, are you a big fan of stand up comedy? Have you been enjoying laughing I like laughing. If you get a chance, check out the podcast, Stand Up Comedy, your host and MC. That's Stand Up Comedy, your host and MC, where we have interviews and great comedy sets from all kinds of great stand up comics. If you get a chance and you want to laugh, I like laughing. Give it a shot. Stand Up Comedy, your host and MC. Kind of as a coach, too, it seems like you'd have to drop the. 
you know, like you as a person, Ryan Nyquist, you know your friends and who you click with well. But like once you become a coach, it's like you got to stop worrying about how people are and just accept it 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, because the second you try to change them, it's like you're hitting a brick wall. Exactly. Like I'm not going to change someone. You know, like if I was to go up to Nick Bruce and be like, you should really be, be more like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like how like change your whole bike setup or, yeah, yeah like that's not gonna go over well like i can joke and be like oh you should raise your seat post up the bar spin might be a little bit easier you know yeah. and like and that's the fun banter but like really it's like i need to learn his style yeah and i need to change the way yeah. i approach him uh-huh. and how he rides the course because we may ride something similar but he's going to be thinking totally different because his trick right like you know he's going to flip whip and i'm gonna be like yo i mean what do you think about like a bar spin flip is that pretty mm-hmm. cool too you know yeah. Yeah. but it's like i have to learn his tricks and what he likes to do on a course and what he could do yeah. you know and, and what's, in the, what's in the what's in the bag for yeah him and his style like is that, different yeah. from justin's you know yeah. so it's like it's just it's really just like like you said you have to kind of forget about what you would do and then be like and kind of drop the right. ego too yeah yeah i mean just it's just anything it's just yeah. like you're really there for them mm-hmm. you know which is like i mean in some way there's a lot of parallels between being a parent you know like you're yeah. just like that kid oh you'll find out <laughs> but that kid pops out and you're like Oh, like you're like mom or like, oh, you're like my sister, you know, like my brother or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And you have to like kind of like figure out the best way to get through that kid, too. So it's like in some ways, you know, these riders are my my babies. They're your children. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Um, Pretty caught up with the Olympics. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Great Olympic talk. Peace out. Now head back Uh, to the training center. (laughs) (laughs) You got to come here to Burpees today. I mean, I feel like we could really could talk about the Olympics for, for a lot longer, but I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> there's, a, there's, it's, there's, there's so much. There is so much. There is so much, and I think it, I do think it's an interesting topic. And I think you. Were, I mean, I'm I'm glad that that uh, you are the head coach, not somebody like I think it's I think it's awesome that you know somebody of your. You can leave it open now. It, it's just that, that how bright it was. Uh the just somebody of your stature you know like your you know legendary status of of and you're representing bmx and Mm. and helping the next generation because if you can't be in there like at least you're in there in a sense you know and and i'm I'm, i feel like i'm fortunate to have like that kind of like opportunity Mm -hmm. you know like to be able to like roll in from being like a rider to all of a sudden being a coach you know yeah but um yeah and honestly like before it even got announced like i i I was very passionate about the fact that like, okay, we're going to have two and a half years. Well, we were supposed to have two and a half years to like get organized. And I just knew that situations like that, you know, people creep in that just don't give a shit. Opportunistic. Yeah, of course. And I really, really didn't want that to happen because I knew that we were essentially just have one shot to like pull this off. Yeah. And, and, and realistically, it's like we could be kicked out of the Olympics next year. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's that fragile. So I was like, okay, we needed this to happen. And we needed to have them with the right people. So, like, I was recruiting people that I knew would take care of it. So, like, you know, in Brazil, I was like, Diogo, like, I think he'd be a good guy, you know? So, it's like people were asking me because I was in touch with the UCI, like, oh, who should we contact, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this guy has an amazing history. He knows events. He was a pro rider. Like, he knows the sport. He's passionate about it. And he'll lead your country in the right direction. You know, so I I was really trying to line it up so that way when we did get that point where it was announced and all of a sudden we had to like hit the ground running and figure out how to do things and countries figuring out how to make it work because every, every, uh, federation or NGB national governing body, they needed to establish like their own 
uh, program for BMX Freestyle. Yeah. And all those programs were either run by racers or mountain bikers or road bikers. Yeah. There was no freestyle people in there. So literally, like, plugging the right people in to guide them in the right way so that way their country was structured correctly to, like, get a rider in there or to start supporting riders, I was like, this is crucial. People, dude, people, people that know the right answers and also are in it for the right reasons. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and the, the great thing is, is, like, you know, I think there's a lot of hesitation with the Olympics, like, oh, this is going to change things. But it gave so many people, like, an opportunity to, to do what they love and get compensated. So, like, you know, someone like uh, Teresa from Spain, mm-hmm. she, like, got support from Spain. That's awesome. And she was able to not work and just do that. And I'm like, okay, like, there's... It made her a professional bike rider. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, that's, like, an amazing thing right there, you know, because she's an amazing rider with talent, but, like, without the Olympics... I mean, she'd have support from like Fly and like some other really great companies, but at the level that she got from their federation, who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so like a lot of really cool opportunities came from it. And we just had that very short period of time to make it solid. And so I just, I don't know, I was very passionate about the fact of like, let's make it work. Let's have the best possible show. And it was like, you know, we only have nine riders for the men and nine riders for the women that will go to the Olympics. And it doesn't, yeah. this nine rider thing is cool for countries to get in there, but it's not the top nine riders. Well, I mean, at all. Dude, well, yeah. think it's about the like, top nine country ranks, and then they throw riders in there that are the best at their countries. It's like a think trip. Think like this if the top three riders were from um, Egypt, right? Egypt, in the best case scenario, would get one rider. Or no, two. Because the first place oh, yeah. gets so, two. That means the third best rider in the world in. is not going to go to the Olympics. Yeah. And then the second best, you know, could be the, you know. Yeah. What's the nature of the Olympics? We just didn't know that for yeah. the last, for our, the, our entire lives. But we yeah. just, it's, we it's, see it's the trip. shot putter guy. Yeah. And we're like, oh, is he actually yeah. one of the best in the world? Yeah. Or is he, and honestly, or is he, he is you one know, of the best. Like, yeah. it's just like yeah. chances, it could happen that say. No, but, he, but he's he's not. He could be because the, the three or four other guys that should be are from different countries well, and they didn't get in. And so this guy from uh uzbekistan yeah is is in there shot putting and he is not one of the top 10 20 shot putters in the world and realistically you know? like, that like, like that's that where happens. it gets down to that country yeah. like like there's been situations where like not in bmx freestyle but like they'll get a spot in the olympics yeah and yeah. uh well my my, my cousin <laughs> yeah. is pretty awesome yeah exactly i want to put him in yeah and it has nothing to do with someone that rides or whatever it's like, is, Ru- is russia still banned um Ooh, good question. Yes, I don't think but, they were ever banned. They just no, can't they, get they, a, can't, they can't get a, a medal for their country. It just says like yeah, they wouldn't be rep- representing Russia. They would be representing like a kind of a neutral. They might yeah. be running the Olympic a, flag. Mars. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It says something weird next to their name in the last Olympic. Yeah, like, I was like, like what is that? And it wasn't formally representing Russia. Or something. Yeah, but they're, they're like it a is neutral. Russia. But they'll, they'll go and they are Russian. But it won't be like Russia gets a medal. It'll be like you know, oh, okay, yeah. Eric gets a medal. Yeah, yeah, from from, uh, <laughs> yeah. from the Olympic. Yeah, okay, that's I crazy. It. You're almost like like a, a heartbeat to the whole Olympic thing because people came to you. You know, you're not just the coach. You're not just someone who was trying to be in the Olympics, but you had to point them in the right directions because they had no clue. They're like BMX is in the Olympics. Yeah. Oh shit, we well, don't even know. What yeah, the and hell's there, up I mean, with BMX. Like, like the, we can go so deep in this, but there, I mean, there's there's like I I kind of inserted myself in a situation because I was very passionate about the fact of like I want this to go over well. And you, you happen know? to know these people. That yeah, way. but that, I mean that's just years of being involved in BMX. Mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of just the original social networking, you know, like kind of doing things, going places and stuff. But like, you know, Bart DeJong was mm-hmm. like, you know, he's the guy at the UCI that is basically steering 
you know, BMX freestyle. And, you know, he's got a huge history in BMX and amazing passion for it too. So I feel like we're in good hands with him. Yeah. But, you know, like I was in uh, France for like a mountain bike contest and I was like, hey, like I'm within a couple hours from you. Like I would love to just come over and say hi. And then I sat down and met with them and they were just asking me questions and, you know, about this and that. And, that. and it's just, you know. And you're a likable guy. Well, I, and I, I, a knowledgeable, likable guy. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, I just like, again, like Sometimes. one of the situations where I was, yeah, <laughs> be careful with it. It does happen. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I just was like, again, like I have good amount of experience in the sport, not as much as other people, but I just I really wanted this opportunity that we had to go over well. And I, I kind of like thought of it as like, this is like the new age X games. Yeah. You know, like X games did such crazy, amazing things for our sports or a sport that was just like, Oh, if this could be that like, kind of like second coming of like, you know, some life breathe back in BMX. And at the time it was like BMX, you know, sales were down all stuff pandemic, you know, kind of flipped the switch. And Who would have guessed? Like, the biggest yeah. boom BMX has ever yeah. had, yeah, you know, like from, you know, a crazy illness. But, um, at the time I was like, so you're telling me if we get this crazy opportunity to get BMX freestyle on a stage that's the biggest platform we've ever had in front of eyes that we could potentially get more people on bikes and rejuvenate our sport that we all love so much from just making sure this is done right, that we could help an entire community throughout the world. I was like, yeah, sign I'm me in. up, yeah, you know, exactly. like, and there was, there was crazy. Sorry, I know we're talking more about Olympics, no, it's all but, good. Um, it was, it was, things happen for a reason i'm firm believer um it was at feast montpellier uh a previous year and it was that year where i was kind of in limbo i was doing mountain bike and riding park at that event Mm -hmm. so i was like running back and forth oh when they had like the mountain bike uh dirt course yeah yeah so i went over there did my run and then like ran over like used my five minutes of practice to get used to my bike again and see if i could 720 a box jump and then you know try to compete so i ended up like spraining my ankle real bad on the mountain bike course. Yeah. Couldn't really ride the way I wanted to. Didn't qualify. I was like, all right, whatever. Um, Bart asked me if I wanted to go and sit up in VIP with some of the representatives from the IOC, which is the international Olympic committee. Mm. And I was like, cool. He's like, yeah, I think it would just be beneficial to have someone up there that could kind of talk them through the contest, explain it. So I went up there and I, I sat down. It was like a uh, one lady that, you know, neither one of them had, you know, like really freestyle background as you can imagine. But she was from, I think, Curling. And he, I can't remember uh, her name. I think this guy's name is Pierre. Is Curling the thing on ice? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, obviously I had a ton of questions for her, yeah, too. I was yeah. like, what do you do? Yeah. Like, Why um, the fuck is it named Curling? <laughs> yeah. Good question. <laughs> um, but I, I sat up there and I just I just kind of hung out. And, like, you know, I was like, oh, okay, this is Nick Bruce. Like, So he's known for going massive transfers. Like, he does this wild trick. Like, it's called a flare down whip, which is like you backflip 180 while the bike's – you know, and I just yeah. basically sat up there and, like – you know, like just had fun. Like yeah. literally I was just like, Oh sweet. I'm up in VIP. This is, this is cool. And we had some wine and we're just, it was just a good time. And then, so they left going like, wow, that was really awesome. And that was apparently their, uh, I guess like their time to decide if BMX was going to be in the Olympics. Really? They were coming to this event to watch it in person and they were going to report back. Wow. So we were obviously being considered we knew that, but they were coming to check out this, yeah, you know, event right, which Feast Montpellier is like a party. It's and it's it's insane. Like the crowd and the energy, it's just like next level. 
So good one for them to go to, but they wanted me to go up there and talk with them. So we did. We parted ways. It was like, oh, it was so enjoyable. Thank you so much. I was like, it was the pleasure was all mine. Like I had a great time. And I truly did. It was like really it was fun. Like I never really watched a contest from VIP drinking <laughs> pink wine, you know? But uh so we all go home, it's whatever. And then I get an email from the president of the UCI saying, Thank you so much. Um, I heard that you were a very instrumental part in the decision-making process for them to accept BMX freestyle in the Olympics. What? And I'm like, whoa. Dude, and I, I, I had the letter. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. It was like I, I saved the, like, the email. Yeah. I was just like, dude, this is nuts. But like, you know, had I been healthy, yeah. had I crushed, you know, my park run and qualified, like, I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't have been in there because I think we we're already in the right path, but I get yeah. that opportunity to like. But so when somebody leaves something. with, yeah, somebody leaves with some context and a in a positive experience about what they left, yeah, and, and it, you're a part of that. And that's, I was that's just like, this is really yeah. cool. Like, you and could I, have, like you said, every you just stay positive about been, what you happened. Could have been an asshole, or you yeah. could have just got pissed because you're like, fuck. What do I? I'm, I yeah. don't know what I'm doing. Mountain biking or this? I'm better just, than him. I'm better than him. Yeah. I'm better than him. Yeah. I just hurt my ankle. Or yeah. just or done good in in both, and just not even ever had that opportunity. And yeah. that might have been like and that's what I mean. Like, need, the, like that, the, you all needed to happen. Like it all happened for a reason. And the craziness of that situation was just like you know, like it's mind blowing. You know, yeah. It's like what if you left your house like two minutes later and all of a sudden exactly. It's yeah. like, but that kind of thing. I was just like, well, no way. That's crazy. And so like for me, I'm like, I'm like, I'm really happy that I didn't make the finals because yeah. I could help usher this movement along and i was just like you know and I, i'm not trying to say that to be like cocky like i'm the guy because obviously no. we were already on that path but i'm like that was a, such a rad opportunity yeah. to be in the right place the right time with the right injury i guess you yeah, know like exactly. an, it's an amazing yeah. example of like just following the flow and yeah. like not not fighting yeah. things and it just worked out yeah. with such an and amazing I was just like wow that was really cool and it's funny because like uh i think that the dude pierre ended up going to like a vans contest in hb and i saw him because he was looking at the skate side of things there and like he remembered me. He's like, hey, what's up? We gave him a big hug. He's like, how are you? Like, are you good? And yeah. like, you know, he was followed, like surrounded by all these people that were trying to have his ear and stuff. But it was just like, it was cool because he was like, hey, Ryan, like, how's it going? I was like, hey, like, good to see you, man. Like, everything good? You, you want to yeah. skate? But it was just, I don't know, just such a rad opportunity that I never thought I'd be in a position to have that kind of influence on it. But yet, like, there I was and just, you know, like, I think the fact that I just had passion for this event and the, knew the people and could speak on it i don't know i was just like this is awesome you know like yeah. I, I don't know like that's all i can say it was just like a really awesome really cool yeah it's yeah. amazing amazing coincidence like coincidence or whatever you call it just going yeah. with the flow and being positive about yeah. it so Bad. you brought up the uh the resurgence of the you know kind of the heyday the x game stuff so let's let's rewind to when that was for you Oof. and kind of the early x game days yeah what was that like overall so i'd say year wise that was probably you know 98 99 2000 are we talking like staple center packed i think pre-staple yeah pre-staple center like when it was packed to the roof like x games yeah philly stuff like yeah but you guys were riding it looked like the super bowl like it was dirt jumps down here and then like super bowl sized arena for you guys yeah and it was it was like it was crazy like selling out like stadiums yeah you know like what normally like a basketball game like in Uh philly we had the stadium it was full you know la at times was full when your agents like no he he doesn't accept he accepts that dude (laughs) like i mean not not even exaggerating (laughs) that was the time you know like you had you know my agent was steve aspen yeah you had aspen on the side Okay, yeah, all right. Well, I got the contract. Okay, Ryan, did you got a sec? I know you're about to drop in. Sign this quick. Really? Put a sticker on the helmet. That's how really? the whole, like... You did that? 
Oh yeah, right before a run. Oh, multiple what, times. What? Okay, multiple like what? just like an X Games or, sponsor. Or, or, or during would practice be, would like, be an X Games only sponsor, or was it? Like sometimes a, it was that. Sometimes it was like a year long deal. Um, so some of these deals, we got paid and nothing ever happened. What do you mean? Like you never got paid? Uh, like the internet boom. Like I'm dating myself pretty hard here, but like yeah. there was an internet boom where all of a sudden there's these internet companies that were like, we want to host RyanEichos.com. Can mm-hmm. we pay you? Okay. Right. So during like the whole dot com boom, yeah, half of them just failed. Shit right. They had like yeah. crazy, you know, like uh, funding that someone thought they were going to be the next big thing. All of a sudden, they're signing contracts for you know twenty to fifty thousand dollars. You put a sticker on your helmet and nothing happened. (laughs) Nothing. Sometimes there was like literally no sticker on the helmet. You just got $50,000. So it'd go the other way too. Yeah, dude. Yeah. (laughs) What's the biggest year contract you've ever got? Oh, Jesus. (laughs) You can say it now. It was six figures. For one year? Um, multi, multi-year. Mm. Oh, so it was like six figures per year, like though. a three-year deal, six figures. Yeah. Per year. I mean, it wasn't like 500,000, you yeah, know, yeah. it was in the ones, but like still it was just like, whoa. To do, to do what? Who was it? Just say it. Is it fucking, uh, like, like a Walkman company or something? No. Haro. <laughs> no. Butterfingers. <laughs> Butterfingers. Butterfingers is a good one. Yeah, uh, you're sponsored by Butterfinger. They yeah. what they pay like fifty. G's is it a, a collect? Uh, not like one eight hundred collector, like a Visa company or something. No, God, but, Butterfingers. What man. See, I wish I kept oh, the contracts. Got to be. Somewhere. Wish you kept the Butterfingers. I wish I. Well, it's good when you when you don't even know <laughs> what, which one was the fifty G, the well, six that, figure. So like to, to go back to you got it, a it's lot like, of yeah. big contracts. There, oh no, there was like it was the biggest, craziest like at the time, the biggest boom because it was like okay, X Games came up. You know, they made stars out of people, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden it was like, you were a billboard. You so guys like, were action figure, like exactly. celebrities. Yeah, Literally I mean, the action, action figure one was massive. You guys had action figures, like yeah. for real. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like that deal was crazy just in royalties in itself. Like it was just like, what is going on here? The, so another crazy story since we, I mean, no, we're telling stories. Not, yeah. Tell them. So, you know, myself, I had This is everybody's figure. like fucking fast forward Olympics. <laughs> so the the action figure thing was like you know they had the bikes they had action figures that you know it's like at one point they were just like what like build a new bike so we can make a bike out of it Uh, crazy like aaron ross was a good guy that like really took advantage we talked about that he was constantly re-upping colors and just being like here's my new bike here's Mm -hmm. my new bike make a new one um but so i had one i had like a series of one dave's you know mira had a series of bikes and action figures haro had their own like the bike companies did Mm -hmm. so I, in some roundabout crazy way, you know, the iconic Dave no-hander photo was on the Haro packaging. Mm-hmm. Apparently, for the Haro structured deal, they didn't have the right to use Dave's image. Mm-hmm. They sold a lot, a lot of those. They came to Dave or Dave's agent, which was Steve Aspen again, and they were like, we messed up. We owe you guys a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, well into six figures. Yeah. They said, this is going to hurt us pretty bad. So can we work let's something a, out? Yeah, let's be friends. Can we, yeah, can yeah. we make a deal here? And so, <laughs> you know, it's like they go to Dave and Dave's like, yeah, um, buy me a Mustang. <laughs> Dave was like, a he huge, got the, is this the Rouge? Or the, is this the no, Rouge? This is whatever the, it is. Um, what's, oh my God. Cobra Shelby. Thing? Shelby. Oh, okay. Like the gnarliest yeah. one, right? Yeah. He's like, buy me a Shelby Mustang. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And they're like, 
What a fucking Done. boss move. Done. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they probably owed him like three and a half million dollars. I don't even know. Yeah. What it was. Like, yeah, I never, I thing. never knew what. Well, the they, if, was. It, if they used his likeness to sell a bunch of stuff, even whatever they sold, he could get. Uh, I mean, I mean, he would get multiple, a cut of it. Mul- so well, they, multiple, multiple on top because they did it illegally. So yeah. it would have been so decided I mean, by a court. They knew it. Really. They, had, they yeah. you know, like Dave had him by the balls, and it was just like, help us, you know, help us get out of this because we know that we messed up, but like we want to continue doing yeah. business with yeah. you because this thing was a gold mine, right? Yeah. They were mm-hmm. selling like a bajillion of them, so they're like, help us, help you. We'll keep going. So he's like, yes, give me a, you know, give me a Mustang, like the gnarliest Mustang. It's like yeah. it's like supercharged, blah blah blah. So Dave goes. Ah, they only come in yellow. I want it black. <laughs> you got to get it painted, too. They painted it. Oh, yeah, they painted it black. At the inside of the doors, you know, like you could still see the yellow. And I remember oh, he got that thing. Oh, they did a shit-ass job? Uh, I don't think it was shit, but I think it was just like they got it painted. Yeah, right? yeah. And, uh, and it was just like, I mean, the thing was a beast. It was yeah. like 500 horsepower, ridiculous thing. But it was just like that was the level. Yeah. That was yeah. the level of like the money that was being thrown around. It was just like, you know, trying to get, you know, your logo on someone's helmet trying to do this. And like, so multiple times I'd be like at gravity games or X games. And during practice it'd be like, Hey, Nyquist, get over here. Like what? Sign this right here. What is that? Uh, it's for the video game. Okay. Put the acclaim sticker right there. Done. Oh, can I go now? Go ahead. Back to the spine. Okay, sweet. Yeah. You know, but like that was, that was the level. Like at these big events, there was deals being done. Like they were hustling yeah. behind the scenes because there was just companies that were coming in that wanted a piece of it. And hundred percent benefited the fuck out of it. So when when yeah, when yeah, we had Nastasio like, on here and when he said that his best year was two hundred and fifty grand, he remember? said like three hundred and fifty grand or something. So I was thinking about that afterwards, and I was like, I was like, I bet Nastasio at his best was not of the the mindset to know how much he made in a single year. Uh, he probably had agents, and that's yeah, what I was that's thinking. What I was saying, I was like, because he had, he had, he had, him, he had Kimmery even, or whatever, right? Like know. not 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 saying she took anything by any means, but I'm just saying that he probably had no i mean like because even at peak nastasio i was like 350 grand i feel like a lot it was definitely a lot back then mm-hmm. but it's like i felt like he was just probably making more but well, i don't know and, and i just thought about it I, I, yeah, dude I'm, i'll be totally honest yeah. like you know like you're asking me all these numbers and stuff i was like i don't know like <laughs> yeah you know at that point it was just like another deal came in cool mm-hmm. like i can i go ride some more yeah. like you know that was the focus for me was like i just wanted to win contests i want to go there and ride well and the you know the result was like you got these deals but Dude, I couldn't tell you. Like, it was just like they would call me and be like, "Oh, we just renewed your Oakley deal." And I'm like, "Cool, yeah, we got your raise, sweet, thank you." Yeah, you know. And then it's like, send me the contract. Contract comes, sign it, send it right back. I mean, it was well. Just that's like, why you had those. That's why you had the agency, so you didn't have to worry. about Exactly. That stuff, and right? I and I, I remember earlier on, I was like, dude, I hated that part of it. Yeah. I hated going into like Haro and you know being friends with someone on a level where you're like, hey, you know, like yeah, we work together, but we're homies. And then all of a sudden, it's like. I mean, at that time, I negotiated in person. So I would fly out to Haro and sit down. And at the time, it was Brad Lusky, yeah. like who now is actually my agent. <laughs> oh, still your agent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it's funny because he was the guy that I had to sit down. He would always do this thing where he would have his, his, his photos of so his So Astefin was the boss and Lusky was under him. And yes. Then, and so Lusky would be representing him. Yeah. So like, yeah. well, Aspen is no longer with Wasserman. He started oh, yeah, his okay. own thing, but now it's like I work with Lusky. Okay. Um, but at the time I was going to Haro and negotiating these new deals. And so he'd be like, you know, it was during the boom. So we knew, yeah. you know, we were going to go in there and get a raise. So he'd like 
take photos of his wife and his kids and be like, Hey, I just want, I want you to see this, you know, that my kid's here and you know, I just, and it was, you know, he wasn't Wait, being what? serious, like saying like, don't hurt us too bad. You know, like I have a wife and kids like, Oh, like the dude running Haro at the time. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was a financial guy, but it was more yeah. of a joke. It yeah. wasn't like he was serious, but he, every single time I go in there, like every two years or whatever, yeah. he'd be like, I'm a person, you know, Hey, so, you know, don't, my, don't my hurt kids, us too bad yeah. because you know, you know, we're getting a raise, but let's not gouge us, you know, my family, you Yeah, know? you know, but it was just like, I was like, come on, Brad. He's like, I know, you know. But like we would go in there and I'd have to negotiate with these people face to face as like an eighteen year old. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, hey, I want like God, you were eighteen then? Uh, yeah. Like I, I signed with Haro my senior year of high school. Crazy. And then would have to go in there and like, you know, talk for myself. And I was like, I hate this dude. Because yeah. I was never the guy that was like, Yo, dude, I'm pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, you need to pay you me. You see this fucking goatee? Because I'm sick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this die ain't cheap, okay? But, but like, you know, but but like, I, I hated that. So, like, as soon as, like, I remember I met Aspen, and I was just like, the first BMXer he signed, and I was like, 100%, I'm down. Like, 100% sign me up, because I hate having to be the businessman. Mm-hmm. I want to just ride. Yeah. I want to focus on that. And Aspen signed you before Mira? Yeah. Yeah, I huh. was the first guy. And then Did you Mira, tell Mira, like, yo, you should jump in on this? Mira was working with another agent out of Pennsylvania that Gary Ream, mm. the old owner of Woodward, set him up with. And I think he was working with a couple of different athletes. And then eventually, I think, um, I was listening to a podcast with Aspen, and he was saying that Mira was, like, a total hard ass, which I can totally see, yeah. but was just like, prove it. Prove you're the best. Prove you're going to do this for me. And made him work for it. Whereas yeah. I was like, yeah, just go <laughs> talk to her. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, like having someone to go in there and talk for me and tell someone how much of a badass I was was way better than me. And then going you just could sign the checks and backflip the spine. Done. Done. Yeah, like boom, focus like, on riding. Yeah, it, he cool. gets to you make his cut. Yeah, you boom. got a deal for me. Cool. Okay, you know, like, and it was it was just crazy time where like, literally, it was just like new deals happening like multiple times a year. So, so I was I, I think we talked recently and I was like, how many sunglass sponsors have you had? You know, it's like there's always you've had been such a good representative for brands, but it's got to be also a little bit like, all right, I'm signing this mm-hmm. and I enjoy this, but I know it's going to end. You know, like yeah. it, for every sponsor you've gotten, you've, you know, you've lost all of them except for the ones you have right now. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So. And I mean, some of those deals, you know, it's just like, this is going to last two years. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then we're out, yeah. you know, because it's just like not by any fault of mine, but just like they came in thinking it was just like we'll put a logo on and it's gonna it's gonna blow us up yeah you know and at that time it was like you know no instagram like facebook might have been a thing yeah but it was just like you know how else were you gonna do that except for like hopefully your logo showed up on tv like or in a magazine you mm-hmm. know and then people were curious enough to be like what is that i mean it's it seems like such archaic marketing compared to nowadays where well, it's it like, is it's just marketing got so yeah. much better they understand yeah. like the sticker on the helmet isn't as much as like we need to understand this guy's personality and mm-hmm. it needs like that's why there's longer deals i think with people now than just like yeah. slap a sticker on his helmet well, in one and, year like and some of the best deals that i had were where they actually engaged mm-hmm. and like, they, like haro you've been with them since you were a kid yeah and you're still with them because it's you were going into the office they know who you are you yeah. know everyone there it's like seems yeah. like that's a real relationship and that deals morphed into so many different things too because back yeah. in the day it was just like get the results Get mm-hmm. the, get the magazine coverage done. You know, now and, you're and almost you, like a personality. Well, for them. and now it's like you know, multiple times I had to basically like, what, what do you guys want me to do? You know, like I mean, like I used to just go to contests and do really well, and that was enough. But like, do you, do you guys even want me Care? to do contests yeah. anymore? Like, I mean, are contests important? And I've had that conversation recently with them. And they're like, well, 
yeah, I mean, it's cool you're going out to contests, but it doesn't really do much for us. We're really more into like branded content. So like, you know, for me, asking those questions is like, what do you want me to do? Like, yeah. I know that you want me to represent the brand, but like how, mm-hmm. you know? So like going and like having that relationship with Haro, which has been, God, I'm uh, since 97. Is that yeah. 24 years? 24 years. 24 years. Wow. Years, you know, that's so, gotta be the, I mean. That's got to be the longest standing bike sponsor yeah. for anybody. Could be wrong that like, on that, but that sounds like it's got to be. I mean, we, I feel like there's a relationship, you know, like you still have the person on the bike, but they're not getting paid anymore. But like a standing professional, con- yeah, like like that. Like DMC like, with yeah. Vans might be the longest, but he's been off and on. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah. So, so I mean, just damn, like, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah twenty four, twenty four years. I, and I always say, like, it's just you know. It's it's a partnership, like yeah. you know, for like young kids getting into it, they think it's just like you sign a deal and you just do your thing and you get to go on cool trips and stuff. But like really, it's like nowadays with like all the crazy marketing abilities, like through your like Instagram or whatever, it's like I mean, you really got to kind of know what that company wants of you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just about like oh okay, well I signed and so now you guys figure out what you're going to do with me. It's yeah. like, bro, it's a two way street, you know, mm-hmm. like and that's how these amazing like sponsorships that had like Haro, like Adidas back in the day was insane because they capitalized on Dave and I, they made these crazy specialty pieces yeah. that showed us as yep. people. You now that, and is that it, who funded Miracle Boy and Nyquist? No, Miracle Boy and Nyquist came about completely just, that made you guys like even more like I know, superstars dude, to me. And in, in, in hindsight, like Mira was like, kind of like, I don't know if I want to do it, you know? And I was like, well, I don't know. And the, I got introduced to that guy through either fuzzy or TJ. His name's Steve Olpin. Like, good good oh, dude. Yeah. Really but it was cool. just like, all right. And then started filming with me. Dave eventually agreed. Uh, we had so many different names. I had this weird It was nickname. so cool. It was a documentary on YouTube that got put out on VHS, basically. Yeah. I got yeah. To, as a little kid, I was like, this is the coolest thing and, ever to see the, the behind the scenes of these icons. And that's another situation where, like, I'm in the middle of it. I don't know what's going on. I'm just like, <laughs> oh, this guy's going to film me for a year. You know, at a, at a time when I was moving from California to North it's Carolina. So cool. like a huge and you moved turning, into Dave Mirror's house. Yeah, like, like a huge turning point for me, like, within BMX of, like, all of a sudden I'm, like, going from this Northern California kid to, like, I'm going to go live with Dave Mira because mm-hmm. he wants me to come live with him. That's crazy, That's cool, man. You know? And I'm like, crazy. but he documented all that and then, you know, put it out. And, you know, I remember like when the film got finished, it was like, all right, cool. And then we went to Sundance and I was like, I don't know what Sundance is, but you know, <laughs> oh, you got the, the, the party sponsored by Skittles. This is sweet. Like, <laughs> it, like literally that's the level I'm like working at. I was just like, oh, this is cool. Like, you know, just yeah. kind of like obliviously almost, getting just paid like a through life. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and just Wait, like, and was Dave like purposeful, like in compared to you? Uh, I think Dave contrast? had a, Dave was always kind of like skeptical. Mm-hmm. I would say he was always looking for someone that was going to best him, whether mm-hmm. it was going to take something from him or have an advantage over him. So he was always naturally. He probably already got taken advantage of at this point too, because he was oh yeah, so well, I, mean, big he, time. I mean like just sprocket jockey shows, doing fair shows for a hundred bucks a day. You know, like I mean he paid his dues over and over, yeah. so to where when the deal started coming, he was just like hold on a minute. Like, okay, what, what do you want? And, and he when was, someone's at like that level making that much money. He's like, I'm not getting taken advantage of. No, like, no. And, I, don't, and, and, I can say yeah. he's got fuck you money. Yeah. Like, he doesn't and, need and, to do everything. And he was way he's more got of buy a you, business. Buy me a Mustang money. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he had way more of a business sense than I did. And I learned so much from just being around him too, that like, you know, these are crazy opportunities. And I, I took probably a fraction of what I could have taken away being around guys like Dave or Astafin or whatever, or even like, I mean, looking what like, you know, Brian Deegan did like, yeah. you know, starting a brand during that time, like yeah. could have been the smartest thing I ever did. If I just started, you know, it wasn't you though. No, it wasn't because I just wanted to ride, but yeah. like, you know, just 
you know, it's like hindsight, 2020, but like, you know, well, sometimes the you, business yeah, side yeah. of things like could have been insane, but like, it was just at that moment, I was just so like, oh, but I think that's like, that's the way you've always been. And it's, and that's what's kept you in it because you, you're, you don't have this, like, uh, the only time you have a game face on is like the finals, you know, like that style. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) it's like, you've always been so jovial and lighthearted and funny and like, and human to an entire generation of BMXers that I think that's what made you, uh, like, so fucking likable over the years you know like i think it's cool you know i think that like so you can't knock yourself too much for not being like more like focused in on the on on certain things i I wouldn't change it but it's just it's just like when you when you look back at what was going on i guess my point is like you know going back to to the nostalgia thing it's like when you're in the middle of it like you know standing in the middle of this crazy progression contract hurricane and things are just swirling by you you miss so many things because you're just like okay like and all i knew was like the the eye of the storm which was my riding yeah and what i want to do and how i want to progress and meanwhile all this stuff is going on around me and i'm like whatever man like i'm just gonna put my head down and ride because that's all i've ever wanted was Mm -hmm. just to be a competitor and to win like that was always what i wanted so it's like okay well i'm gonna do that and i'm gonna let this other guy over here handle stuff and cool like oh i can do this now for a living i don't have to have a job awesome that's even better you know so it's just it is, it was such a wild time of just things happening and, you know, like that it's like, I couldn't even tell you half the deals that were being done or the numbers on them because it was just, it wasn't a big emphasis for me. Yeah. I was That's really cool. kind That's of good. like more concerned about like trying to win. Was there ever a deal where you were like, <laughs> you're like, I can't take this. This is too weird or something, uh, you know, like. No. And honestly, I, I, I kind of chalked that up to asked if in my agent yeah. because he would field through those things. Okay. You know, yeah. and he had like kind of a level of like what was acceptable and what we do. Yeah. Nyquist, like, Nyquist signature chewing tobacco. Yeah. Right. Like, sign it. And you're like, what's that? Yeah. Oh, it's chewing tobacco. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, sick. Like a good example is like we went to X games and it was like during one of the media days and you know, you're up on stage with all these heavy hitters and stuff. And then like, you, you know, you answer a question and you get down and there's people waiting to interview. And one of them was just like, Oh, I'm from playboy. And I was like, Oh, okay, let's do this. Like, cool. So she started asking all these gnarly, like sexual questions. Like what's your favorite position? What's this and that? And I was just like, Oh, okay, let's cool. That's and in my fun. mind, I'm like, Oh, this totally got okay. I took like, my next question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I started answering and then, uh, my manager, uh, this girl, Chris, she caught ear and she was like, Whoa, whoa what yeah. is this? So you put it inside. Yeah. yeah. And she like literally was like, Give me that consent paper. Oh, really? Like, we're done. Yeah. And she goes, I don't know what was going on there. I'm sorry. And I was like, I don't know. But like, again, like that's me just being like, oh, sex. <laughs> it's cool. Like, you know, but like, you know, thinking that everything's okay. And so for me, like having those people kind of like helping me guide yeah, when I'm yeah. like somewhat oblivious, just wanting to ride was like totally instrumental to getting to the point where I'm at now where it's like, okay, I had great success, but like I had people kind of s- steering me along the way which that's was good. that's good yeah good. you amazing. need good people at that point yeah. like going every back to, ryan not going back dave to the... mira has a team around him yeah you know like you all i saw as a kid was ryan nyquist or dave mira but yeah. like when you get to know you it's like oh you had manager uh yeah agents yeah. all these people helping you so you could just win yeah. fucking x games yeah i mean yeah. there was there was a you know the company was called the family and they had people that yeah. were like out there doing stuff for us you know and that was their job and you know like the better we did the better they did so yeah. It was in their best interest to have us out there looking as good as possible. I mean, they weren't like stylists, but like you know, in the in the sense of like 
partnerships, relationships, stuff like that. So yeah. clearly, yeah. <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about the blue the goatee. sunglasses inside of arenas, blue yeah. goatees. Hey. Like, I thought he was looking good. I, <laughs> I was like, that guy's sick. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's talk about that. Dude's a video game character. Let's talk about the blue goatee. All right, let's do it. What? Uh, How'd you, you die? Would you just dip it? Yeah. Or did you, did you just it, get a bowl dude, of blue and dip it? Dying the goatee was a process, dude. <laughs> Should have uh, just dipped process. it in a bowl of blue. No, dude, you had to bleach it. So I'm <laughs> I am ginger, right? Like it's yeah. orange. So I would grow these goatees out to where they were a decent size. Because yeah, orange and blue would make green. Yeah. It, well, it wouldn't even show up. It wouldn't even show up. So like I'm like, so I would have to bleach it multiple times. See, looking like fucking Hulk Hogan for a little while. Oh, I was looking like Hulk Hogan with like weird blisters because it would just burn my skin. And I wasn't going to like a salon and getting it done. Yeah. I was like in my bathroom mixing chemicals and like brushing it in and just burning my skin, like burning it. And then being like, all right, wash it out. And then, it, you know, like if you like if you bleach something, it turns like really orange before it gets to white. Mm-hmm. So I'd be like, oh, it hurt, but I got to do it again and then put it in there again and then again until it was white. And then I would dye it because then it would like pop. You yeah. Know? Like you want it as blue as possible. <laughs> so so what, done it? Why, like no was like, why, why were you like blue? I want because I mean, that's a that's did, that's not an impulse decision. I basically, blue, you said I it was green, like a, I did. I left it white sometimes. OK, um, I don't remember any of those. Only those, blue. Those are my favorite. Colors. It was awesome. It blue was green. hilarious. You know, like, I literally did it because I was like so original so i went to college for one year i mm-hmm. went to cal poly san Luis Obispo for mechanical engineering damn and i was like hell yeah sweet i got a i left there with a point eight <laughs> grade point average point eight so not even a 1.0 i don't think you were ever there you i don't think you left uh, there's, there's some record of me being there i don't know where it is but I left there like just it wasn't it was right at the time like I had just signed with Haro yeah all this stuff but you know I was at college you know like you when you're in college you're like oh I'm I finally have freedom I want to do this I had, I had dyed my hair once in high school and my mom was not psyched and I had to like wash my hair with like dishwashing detergent mm-hmm. to get it out it was it was just bad and yeah. I had long hair at the time too which is a whole other thing she made you take it out yeah she was just she was like no and I did it kind of renegade like I went to like a, like this this chick's house and like she died it for me and I didn't ask permission yeah. like that and my family wasn't strict but it was just like that wasn't okay so I had to take it out so when I got to college I was like oh I'm gonna die it but I had already shaved my head so I was like oh, okay but I had a goatee and I was like never seen this before Let's try this. Huh? So I dyed my goatee because I was like, nobody's doing this shit. Huh. Mom yeah. won't let me dye my hair. I'm dying my beard. But I'm out here now. <laughs> yeah. did, it, did it ever make it to an action figure like the blue goatee or was it was that after? Oh, no. Oh, you know what? That's a good question. I, I have a one that has a goatee, but it's just normal. It's just normal. Red. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, it was it was funny because like it was I didn't see many people. But then every once in a while I, see, I would see someone with like a blue goatee. And I was like, I wonder yeah, you if I Nyquist had influence. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I love the Halloween. Con- like, uh, was it Quinn that oh dressed up God, as you the one yeah. year? Dude, it was so he fucking hilarious. On. Yeah. Because he was so. like, let me borrow a jersey. I was like, all right. And then he showed up with like blue goatee and sunglasses <laughs> and all this stuff. I was like, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, it is nice to have like, you know, like you close your eyes and you picture Nyquist. And it's like that, you know, like the glasses the with the helmet. Orange. Yeah. The white yeah. horror jersey. Yeah. with the red lettering yeah. it's like it's so like quintessential nyquist that's, that's such a good a good uh, thing yeah so. it's, it's it was a it was definitely a fun time genius marketing decision i, I yeah. appreciate it yeah. i not really think of it that way but uh <laughs> um i remember I, I had some company or not a company like a tv show be like we would love 
to film you dyeing your goatee. Oh, all right. And it was right at the time when I was kind of like over it. And I was like, all right, you know, like trying to just please everybody. Yeah. And I was like, all right, cool. And I remember going through the process, burning my face again and just being like, I'm <laughs> so over this. It sucks. And then dyeing it green or blue or whatever it was. And then them getting the shot. And then the next day, I remember being like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I went back to the place and bought as close to the match as I could. You dyed it And back. I dyed it back. And I remember they showed up to film and they were like, what? what? Huh? I was like, I didn't want it to be blue anymore. <laughs> and they were like, oh. oh, okay, okay. But they already gotten the yeah, clips of me, yeah. you know, suffering through my beauty <laughs> techniques. <laughs> um, circling back to the Miracle Boy and Nyquist phase. What a... You you lived with you lived with Mira, and you said you know essentially that he was always kind of you know there was that 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 golden era of you and you and Dave, and then the relationship kind of deteriorated in the sense of like well I guess rewind let me rephrase it you were always second mm -hmm. to Mira it was a you know you start you just said I start we started filming me first for a Nyquist documentary and then it became Miracle Boy and Nyquist mm -hmm. so was that ever in your head, I guess? Was it um, always, Dave is always just above? Or? No. Um, I think towards the, towards the latter part of like our careers, if you want to say, yeah, um, it became more prevalent. Mm -hmm. um, just because I, I did feel like I, I got my riding to a level that could compete. Mm -hmm. um, but earlier on, no, I had Dave on a pedestal. Of so course, yeah. I never thought that I should be like ahead of him because he was Dave Mira and he was a guy that I had on my wall. Like, you know, an idol growing up and it was just like this wild ride of like, wow, this guy wants me to ride with him. And so now we're teammates and we're doing all this stuff. It was just like, he was always the guy, mm -hmm. which I was, I was like, this is fine. Like, you know, I'm having my own success. If you're going to be second to anybody. Yeah. But it, it yeah. never really felt like second because it was just like, he was doing his thing and it was amazing to watch and be there. And then he was like confiding in me, you know, about like, runs or like tricks or like you know and we were at home and we were progressing together and pushing each other it never really felt like i was second i just mm -hmm. it was like that was my place like that was where i where i stood you know as far as riding goes now you fast forward and you know we got to the stage where you know he built his warehouse we weren't riding together anymore it was starting to get to where either one of us could win the contest you know, and then was it, and you couldn't ride the animal house or what was it? It was, it was, it was just the vibe wasn't there. It was, it was touch and go because yeah. sometimes we see each other downtown Greenville at the bars mm -hmm. and he'd be like, yo dude, if you ever want to come ride, hit me up or no, it was just, if you want to ride, if you want to ever want to ride, just come show up. Yeah. Which his thing was, uh, at the animal house, which is what it was called. It was like, you had to get the phone call, mm -hmm. right? So if you got the phone call, you were invited, which was tough because, you know, like Josh Harrington would get the phone call to come ride. Well, he's hanging out with Darden, myself, you know, a handful of locals. And so he'd have to make the choice of like, do I peace out? Yeah. Like, do I take off and take advantage of the fact that I can ride this amazing indoor park? Or do I ask if my homies can come, which then it might be like the response is like, oh, we're going to kind of keep it quiet. Um, you know, which Dave kind of like blazes his own path into that aspect too, because Greenville was such a wild scene at the time with so much crazy talent that if you were riding, which you were always riding with people and you learned a trick, it was kind of like, how is that? Yeah. So yeah. it's like, you know, he learned like the, you know, the downside fast plan on the wall to the same day, like four or five people learned it. So you can never really capitalize can't, on that trick yeah. unless you were going to do it on something gnarlier and you literally just had bigger balls than the other guy, which Dave did. But it was just like, he kind of was like over that. He was like, 
Well, you get it. You get it from an aspect that you spent, uh, you know, whatever hundreds of thousands of dollars to build a place to yeah. to have the people, your competitors yeah. come and you know. Which at the time it was like, we I didn't really fully grasp that. Yeah. I just thought like that's fucked up. You're like excluding people because at the time it was like you build a backyard ramp, like kind of everybody's welcome, yeah. you yeah. know. And so it was just that's the way it worked. Um, but it was that was all new. Like no. he was the first guy that really was in a position to be able to build a building and a skate so park I, and do exactly. So I guess what he it, was it was it Mira kind of pushing you away because of the competitiveness, or I don't was it know. just, or you guys are just around each other too much? Dude, we we were kind of like a little bit of both. Yeah, you know because you guys still liked each other. I mean, deep down, yeah. yeah. But yeah. there was so much just drama and bullshit in the way that we couldn't see that anymore. No. And a lot of that was just because we were both so competitive and we both wanted to be on that top spot and. When you get to that point with someone, you feel like someone's literally taking something away from you. You feel like someone's attacking you. Mm -hmm. And so no matter how good friends you are, it's hard to maintain that when you have such strong goals and a work ethic and you have someone else that's like really alongside you like that. I mean, there's so many examples through all kinds of different sports that just it does ruin friendships at time. And for Dave and I, it did like it, it ruined our friendships to the point where we didn't talk for years. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that long. No, it was, it was a long time. And yeah. like, yeah, um, lived in the same city, same contest, and flying re- on the same flights. Rewind, little- re- yeah, past, like, you know, at one point, you know, I moved to Greenville. I lived at his house. He was like, oh, maybe it's time for you to find your own place because his girl was moving in with him. I was like, cool. He was like, there's a house down the street. I was like, cool, looks good. I'll buy it. Bought a house. Sick. Like, yeah. around the block, right? We both had back air ramps. He has a vert ramp. I had my mini spine. He would come over. We'd ride vert. Cool. Guess what? Dave sold his house. He's building a new house. Uh, can I live with you for a little while? Cool. Him and his girl and his cat live with me. You know? I like, oh. I, I like that Mira owns a cat. That's sick. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. So. <laughs> new, yeah. new Mira information. There you go. And so, like, they would be living with me. Well, Dave and I flying out of Greenville, small airport. We, You know, we're teammates. We room together. We compete against each other. Yeah. If if I beat him, Call the there's animosity. Yeah. Right? If, if he beats me, I didn't really care so much, but I knew that I was getting at the level where I could. And then what do we do? We get in the rental car that we both share. We get on the same flight home. We share a ride home. We get back to the same house. It's like you have no space to yourself. And we got, it was getting tense. And of course, like, you know, his chick living there, I'm sure he wanted privacy. You know, it's just like, there was so many layers to it, but it just got to where like, we were just like inseparable, but not in like a good way because we both just need a little space. And then, you know, you combat that with my riding started to elevate. I started to like, you know, get some placings and puts pressure on them. And two really competitive people. Dude, like, like yeah. insanely competitive. Yeah. So it's, it's just like, you bad know. Bad combination. Yeah. And then, so it, it did get to a point where like we just didn't like each other. And Crazy. honestly, like if if I was really honest with myself, I don't know why except for those reasons. Competitive. I mean, that's Dude. all That's all it could be. Yeah. yeah. But it was Two like... Two competitive people getting mad at each other for built-up things instead of well, just so, talking. Yeah. You know, like, sometimes, it, yeah, sometimes it's like, uh, it's it's basic communication where it's like, hey, this bo- you, this oh. bothered me when you did yeah, this and, and, we and I'm not, not going to tell you. Yeah, <laughs> we were not you know, in that so. stage of like, being able to be like, my feelings were hurt. Yeah. Exactly. It was yeah. like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. Like, you know, like straight up. And that was like, you know, that was kind of what I was getting from your side because, you know, he's from New York. He's just straight up like wears his feelings and yeah. emotions on his sleeve. He'll tell you when you fucked up and that yeah. he didn't like you, you know? And so I was feeling that vibe, you know? And, and there was one night in downtown Greenville, the square one dudes were there, right? And they came into town for like a few days. It was like... What's the, what's the name of that fucking the spot? Chris, the Christmas tour video? It's something. I can't even remember. But so they went to... uh, You know, it was like Bennett, 
okay. you know, yeah. like yeah. Biz, yeah. you know, like just, Mikey, you know, yeah, all those Doyle. dudes. So it was like a heavy crew coming God, through town. Doyle. Yeah, no, I knew, and <laughs> like just, drinking or and something. You just, <laughs> you just wanted them, like, so we both. I had the unit. Dave had Animal House, yeah. and I was like, "Please come to my place. I want to see people just shred it." Yeah. Like, uh-huh. and at that time, it was new, so I was just like, "Oh, they're gonna lock some lines. Like, I want to, sh- I want to show them what's up. Like, yeah. you know, it was like very exciting." And so they went to Dave's place, and you know, they were on this trip of like street assassins. You know, probably very little skate park at the time, but they just went just foam jumping yeah. like just just yeah. launching themselves like having the best time ever but that's exhausting i think i remember that is it is that it where they're like aiken launches into the foam and yeah. he does like a 360 foot. flip in, yeah it's like the nicest yeah. looking thing in yeah. the world yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like it's like what people do now but nobody it was like does a, that now well like, it's like dude, it, it, like it was like if this guy rode foam pits he would just sh- like he could shut everyone down well, it's like that what watts it, like watts does those like three invert things no he does it was a 360 flip invert oh that's what it was yeah yeah he just let so ridiculous looking but so anyways, they rode there all day and they were just beat. And so I was like, dang, okay. And so I really wanted them to, you know, come to the unit with like yeah. fresh legs and just be like, oh, cause I was like, this is right up like everybody's alley. Mm-hmm. Like there's something at the unit for everybody. And yeah. I was like, just picturing, you know, like Aiken just like ripping fucking corners, a new asshole yeah. and just like hitting these huge lines. And I was just really pumped. So anyways, they rode mirrors. We all met up downtown Greenville at some horrible bar what's that what's it called fight uh, the, 22 or something what uh was it? 519 yeah fight 19 Fight 19 yeah. that was one of them but at this night we were someplace different yeah, and right. anyways so i was like hey you guys want to come like oh we're pretty beat and i was like oh psh. you know just instantly <laughs> deflated um but they were gonna come regardless and i was like okay cool um and then i i just felt this vibe that mira wanted to come and ride mm-hmm. rewind a little bit and the unit was fresh it was like brand new um, Mira had asked to come ride and I was like, cool, sure. He was riding the unit and I just felt like, just, I just felt horrible. I hmm. didn't like the vibe and it was just really weird. And I was like, all right, like I built this place. So like my friends and I could just like have fun and have a place. And it just felt wrong. And it was just, I, and it was just part of that was just like he and I being competitive, you know, and he showed up. And he was on it. He was trying to unlock oh, stuff that had never yeah. been done. It was like, you know, there was a, there's yeah. a, it was like a statement, you know, he was yeah. proving himself. And I was just like, ah, this sucks. Like, I hate this. I don't want to feel this way in my own skate park. And this is brand new and I want to have time here. And I want to, and I just was like, eh, I don't like it. So I felt this coming and I was like, oh, he's coming to ask if he can ride. And I really just, died. I don't really want him there because it changes the vibe and I want to have fun. And I wasn't having fun. And I was like, this is my place. I should be able to have fun. So he comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, dude, what do you think? Uh, if I, uh, you know, do you think it'd be cool if I come and ride?" And I was just like, "I don't know." And he was just like, "Ooh, you don't know? What the, f- what the fuck? You don't know?" And I was like, yeah, "I just don't know." And it just it came to a head. Wow. You know, a little bit of alcohol involved. Well, a lot of bit, a lot of bit of alcohol yeah. involved. And so he, you, he was asking to come ride the next day. Yeah, okay. with with the square one yeah. guys, and I was just like, I don't know, like I just had this weird vibe yeah. that I didn't, I didn't want the vibe to be strange at my own park. Yeah. And again, this is during a super competitive time between the two of us, so that's pretty much what it was. Is just like, uh, I just want to ride this place, yeah. dude. We got into like a screaming match, a like a gnarly yelling match, where like his at the time, like you know, good buddy uh, Scott was there, kind of having his back. Shay, my brother, was like having my back. They started arguing. He started yelling at Shay. 
I'm just like, dude, this is getting out of hand. Yeah. Like, we're getting close to like throwing blows, and Mir would kick my ass. Like, you know, <laughs> like just, and I was like, I don't want to go there. Yeah. Um, but it was just like, it was, it just came to a head at that moment. Yeah. And like, it was never you know, the same afterwards. No, yeah. not at all, because like, he was pissed, like, so mad seeing Red. I was like, really, really angry because I was like, dude, like, you know, I'm not allowed to come ride your spot all the time. Like, I mean, this is how things are working. Like, yeah. not that that's right, like eye for an eye, but like, you know, if you're going to do that to people, then you have to understand that that could be done to you too. Yeah, you don't get all the good and none of the bad. So it was know. just like that at that point, it was like that was the separation. And unfortunately, that was also the point when like the scene got separated too. Like mm. it all of a sudden was like people had to choose a camp. And I was like, no, like I hated that part of it yeah. because Mira had this amazing place and there was guys like Harrington that were like accepted you know, obviously I was down with Harrington riding my horse whenever. Yeah. yeah. But he was he, like, you know, he'd get the call and he'd feel like, oh, well, like if I go ride mirrors, that means I'm part of his camp and I'm seen that way. And I had people literally be like, yo, I'm on your side. I was like, there's no fucking sides, <laughs> dude. Like you're yeah. not involved. Mira and I got some shit going on, but you don't have to choose a side. Yeah. Like ride both places. Fuck you. Read the benefits. Like there's two amazing parks. There's a ton of amazing ramps in this town. Like you don't have to choose a side. Let's just you be a rider. Dave and I will work our shit out, you know, but like, it was just, it was a really kind of a crazy and shitty time for yeah. Greenville because we had this amazing just environment. You well, know? you guys like, are the ones that, you know, you guys were the most polarizing characters in the city, obviously. So when you guys have a falling out, there's like some fodder from that, you yeah, know, which, like, I mean, like, unintentionally, I, and I never wanted that yeah. way, but yeah, it was just like, you know, like we got referred to, you know, people that wrote the unit, we were surfers cause we were just surfing the waves and stuff. And yeah. then they were over there like training you hard. Know, it's it's funny like, you say it. Cause when I, I think I went with the colony guys and I, I rode mirrors and I just can't air a 10 foot quarter, okay. like to ride that place <laughs> yeah. well enough. And then I went to the unit and I was like, I fucking love the unit. Yeah. Like, and literally because of the surfer yeah. type thing, I mean, you like, know, it's like just, I just, I just loved so it. It was, so. it was just like, it was super weird. So anyways, I can't remember what the question was, but yeah, we had like, well, just the, I mean, that was, that was the peak falling out. And then, uh, how long did that last? Did you guys ever make it better? Uh, I guess yeah, is, a, is like, a question. We, we did. It took a while. Like how long was, how long did that bad period last? So we, we, we like, I mean years, Yeah. it was like three or four years or something like that. And that was like, it, it got so odd that it was just like, I'd be up on a deck or like Mira would be up on a deck and I would like fly up onto a, like a deck of the dew tour. And then I'd see that he was up there and we were the only two. And I was like, fuck that's so that's weird. so crazy that is, yeah. yeah and then, like, and the, then weird. the idea and he would, behind he, it is so nuts yeah and he would see me and he and I, I, you know like i'm a good reader of body language and his body language changed so we're stuck on the deck yeah of this 10 foot quarter the yeah. only two and it's just like what's up man yeah hey what's up yeah of course it's pretty good huh i mean just bullshit, bullshit. Talk. yeah yeah but it's just like you know so that lasted for a long time and just you know like all kinds of stuff like you know, behind the scenes, like things going on and like, you know, just animosity, them thinking we're, was there, was them, there, was there like, ever money stuffed either? Like, cause you guys had the same agent the whole time too. Was there like, so, they're like, Oh fucking, uh, you know, Gillette is, uh, wants one rider. I, I you know, had, like, was there I always stuff had like ideas that? that stuff like that went on, yeah. you know, but I never had a, a way of proving it. And to be totally honest, like I wasn't like hurting. Yeah. yeah. So I wasn't like, fuck dude you took that deal from yeah me. you know it was yeah. just always just kind of like all right like knowing kind of what was going on i always had an idea that so i was riding for adidas dave was riding for adidas yeah i got approached by dc before they started the program to mm -hmm. ride for dc and i remember like it was like pretty much a done deal gonna happen because danny way at one contest was like hey dude i heard you coming on i was like yeah we're working on it pretty excited though you know and i was just like sick all right 
gonna leave Adidas for DC, like badass company, right? And then it was one point where it was like I needed to call Aspen to tell him what I wanted to do because Adidas was like amazing, mm-hmm. and I didn't want to leave them because the people there were awesome and they treated us so well, and I had a great relationship with them. But it was like okay, business wise, this is like a more endemic. I could see them being around longer. I think I'm going to go with DC. So I had this phone call with Aspen where I was like, Hey man, I think I'm going to go with DC. So I get on the phone. I was like, what's up, Steve? Hey, how's it going, man? Oh yeah, good, good. So what's going on? He's like, Oh, nothing, man. I was just calling you about like the whole shoe thing. He's like, yeah, dude, I think you should stay with Adidas. Hmm. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I think it's a better fit for you. I think there's a future there. And I was like, okay, you sure? Cause I was kind of thinking the other way. He's like, I think it's a better deal than Mira. Sign with DC. Yeah. So I always kind of thought there was like some stuff happening there. But at the same time, I mean, Mira was a great fit for DC. Yeah. And yeah. in hindsight, I think that obviously was probably the better choice because. And for Astavin, he's probably they probably offered Mira a little more, you know, because he's. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, well, yeah, that's a whole sure. Yeah, there's yeah. a whole but, other But I think element. that he's like, sense, you stay yeah. there, we're getting Mira yeah. this deal. And, and like, I well, can't. Weird, yeah, that's a whole weird thing because it's a percentage and it's like, all right, Mira's going to get paid this, I get paid this. Yeah. yeah. That's why they're, you're not, an they're, agent. Pay, they're going to pay Nyquist the yeah. same as Adidas or a little bit more, I get less. Yeah. For sure. I mean, I know. We'll on Adidas, we'll make more money with Mira getting a raise. Like, sweet. Nyquist, you stay there. Really, like, I generally say like i think they made the right choice with mira yeah i mean yeah. it was just like this new he flashy like, exciting yeah. thing i was like oh dc like oh like you know and i was watching all the dc skate videos so i was like dang dude like i want to be on this yeah. you know like i want to ride mega ramp with danny way and like you know <laughs> but it was just like i just you know at that time i was like that's kind of weird like but you know he and i were kind of like the two dudes yeah. in the sport that were getting these deals approached with them so i was like okay you know, but anyways, I, I kind of always thought stuff like that was going on because Dave had a better relationship with yeah. Astafin, whereas I was kind of like just I just really just wanted to ride. Yeah. Um, but to answer your question, I don't ever from my side, I never felt like that got in the way. It was yeah. never about money or deals. It was really just competitive nature. Yeah. I can't speak to Dave's you know side of it. But well, like, you see stuff like that with like Bestwick and KG and stuff like that. Those those relationships that were like that built up over time, and then they you know they're just competitive people. Yeah. Like it's just hard. It's yeah. just hard on that that upper you know point zero zero one percent of mm-hmm. of of sports. Yeah, athletes, I mean, there's, there's you know a ton like of yeah. Woodward stories that oh, would be I'm sure. interesting to yeah. hear about too. Because I'm just yeah, like, you use the equivalent for like basketball and stuff like that. Like you know, there's, there's probably so many rivalries that we just. You know, yeah, it just exists. You know? Yeah, but, but I mean, so we we did end up like, um, you know, kind of like reconciling. And it was it was funny because like it was both after we had kids, mm-hmm. and I think we both just kind of like, this is fucking stupid. Yeah, like what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And at that point, it was like you know he was kind of like he had already either exited from BMX at least once, you know, like and came back or whatever, and I was still riding, but it was just kind of like you know we had a couple times when we got together like at an X Games party and we kind of chatted and it felt better. And then I remember we just had a phone call. I was like, what the fuck are we doing? Yeah. You know, so awesome. we kind of had like a good like time where like we were like, all right, let's do it. And then like you guys didn't have just like a you slow rolled back into the relationship, but you guys did that a little bit and then you 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 hashed it out. Yeah. Like so. it was like, you know, the vibe of us seeing each other like at an X Games after party was like, what's up, dude? How's it going? Like a hug. And it felt like a genuine hug. That's cool. And yeah. so it was like, OK, that's good. And then like, you know, basically like it took like a phone call and we're just like. What are we doing? Yeah. Like, why do we even hate each other? And like, no, dude, yeah. couldn't answer. It. Yeah, exactly. Couldn't yeah, answer. That's it. Such and a it was funny like, all right. Question. So like at that point, it was just like, you know, I think it was even like, dude, we got kids, we got families. Like, let's fucking 
let's forget about all this shit and start moving forward and just be psyched. And I was like, I like that. That's fucking so, awesome. Yeah. So it was good. And then like, and are you still in uh, Greenville at that time? Or are you, were you? No, I was home? in California. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was up in Santa Cruz at that time, okay. I think, or maybe San Jose. But yeah. yeah. So, so I'm glad we had that because it was like, it was, it went deep. Like yeah. it was, I mean, there was actual hatred there. That's crazy. But I think yeah. too, like, you know, when you're, when you're that close to someone, because he was my best friend for a long time. You know, they say like hate and love is a close cousin, mm-hmm. you know, so we were both passionate people, you know, to where like hate came very quick. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we were both super competitive. We no, both like what were, is it, what, there's like nobody can piss you off more than somebody you love. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's just because you don't care about the random person, yeah. you know, so yeah, it's easier. It's easier yeah. to dismiss. So, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's cool. What obviously I, I feel like I wouldn't be uh, I would be irresponsible of me not to ask, uh, you know, what Dave's passing how it affected you, of mm. course. Uh, yeah, that was a tough one. Um, it was so we had like a really good conversation before he had passed, mm-hmm. uh, and we actually made plans to meet up at like one of the old school reunions at Woodward West. Mm. And I was like, because he it was Dave was always kind of like manic and frantic mm-hmm. with like his decisions. Good example is he <laughs> he had bought like a brand new Land Cruiser. We were driving to Raleigh to fly out. He ran over a tire tread. It hit the side of the car. He freaked out. I'm fucking buying a new car. Uh, or take his uh, Land Rover in to get fixed and then come out with a black one instead of a white one that he came in there with. Like he was just that kind of yeah. guy that just made yeah. decisions, you know, very impulsive. Um, so he called me and was like, hey, dude, I, I think I want to come back and ride some vert. Hmm. And at the time, this. he still had his warehouse, and Mancuso had an old Dutour vert ramp, I think. Mm-hmm. So they literally started to set it up, hmm. and there was like little teaser photos kind of out there, and like you know, and I, and so he was kind of hitting me up, be like, "What do you think?" And I was like, "I don't know." And at this time, Bestwick is just dominating, just yeah. fucking like yeah. yawning, doing crazy downloads, <laughs> yawning. Fucking, yeah, know, that's like, real. That's real. Yeah, and just and just like you know, just cruising. This so, is boring. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, I was like, you, you got competition, but you know, in my head, I was like, <laughs> like, I'm gonna tell Dave that he can't do something. Yeah. Like, in, no in fact, way. I should probably tell him that because then he would actually fucking just have yeah. a fire. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, Dave. Like, you've been kind of out of it for a while. You've been driving rally car for you know a couple of years, and now, you know triathlons and whatever else you're sprinkling in there. Um, but fuck, man, I know how you roll. Like, you know, you put your head down. Yeah. No reason why you can't be doing flare ups again at 10 feet, you know, yeah. like no reason why you couldn't do this and be like a contender, like right off the bat. So yeah. fuck yeah, do it. So we did that. We, we talked about like meeting up at like Woodward West and I was like, you know what would be cool, man, is if we just filmed an edit together. I'll be fucking No pressure, yeah. but like just, just cruising. We don't got to do bangers, but let's just do some fun double shit. Like, let's just go out there and have a good time and like get a good vibe, you know, like, and we'll get someone else to film it. It'd be awesome. He's like, I like that. And I was, I was trying to explain to him like how rad those events were like that it wasn't a competitive thing when you got there. It was genuinely like people were just psyched to be at Woodward. People would fucking lose their fucking cool seeing Dave there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you need to come to this because you've kind of removed yourself from this. And I would hate for you to like jump back into like a do tour where all of a sudden it's like cutthroat come to like an event. That's like you're loved, you know, he retired and kind of 
didn't just like keep riding was like i can't ride anymore right instead of just like cruise like he, he thought like riding was like it seemed like when he retired it was just like you never saw him bmx footage of kind him of anymore it's a mirror on like, level where it's like hey if i can't do it at this level i don't want to do it like, i think Miron, yeah uh, I, I agree Miron had different reasons for leaving i think he got frustrated with what the sport wasn't willing to do for him of his course vision. Yeah, yeah um but Miron was fucking nuts He's, I mean, the beast. He, yeah. was, in, he was insane. He just probably still could fair, just hop on. Fair warning: a two-year-old is in the is in the okay. is in, is, is in range. <laughs> and didn't, um, no, 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 no. Do you have to leave for the training center? And I hope you don't have time? to leave. No, we got some time. Sweet. Okay, dude, we haven't even like scratch a surface. <laughs> um, Mira had like a very high level of what was okay for him to ride at. Anything yeah. less than that was like I really honestly feel like was an embarrassment. He like to himself. He to himself, thought it was like mm-hmm. not okay. So for him, the, I think the easiest way for him to like get out was to cut ties. Yeah. Um, I think also that he was the kind of guy that that's crazy to feel that way, like to fill that void. So insert rally car, mm-hmm. insert triathlons, you know, like, cause he still had that competitive drive and he still had, you know, like he wanted to be the guy that could do things, but this is my opinion. But like, I just think that it wasn't okay for him to show up to a due tour and not be the guy that was winning. Yeah. Why did he have to show up to a do tour though? Why can't you just like well, go session was, in the park with your friends? Because he's not. It wasn't so that. he never. So, like so, same with me. Like I, I can I can go to the park and session with friends, but I'm always thinking about like what am I going to do there? Like so, what do I want to accomplish? I have a very. But I don't you're know. still a pro bike rider. He had like retired already. But but in his head, in his head, he could still hang. Yeah. And he and there was no reason why he shouldn't be able to go out there and do it. And so that I think that ultimately led to him just having to just drop the bike altogether because you know like he would kind of be in it and know that he had the talent to do these crazy things and at the same time at the same time i think dave was super self-conscious you'd have to be that's that's what yeah to have the ego not dave Dave had a i believe i got this firsthand from him when he did the Nora cup hosting, mm-hmm. but he felt that he wasn't liked with NBX. Yeah. And he always felt, and then, which is, which is, which is, sucks. which is insane, but he, he yeah, legitimately 100%. felt like that. And I don't want to call, uh, I don't know. Fuck. Let, there let, was a, there was a, there was an element of pro riders that, uh, I have a great example. Okay. Thank you. Because I don't want to call I, because they're great. also legends. So I don't want to call great example. Out, but. He got invited to go on uh road fools. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was like a big moment because up to that point, there was like a road fools crew, you know, and it was yeah. like, okay, Dave's going on this crew. It was obviously like oil and water mm-hmm. from the outside looking in, of right? Of course, yeah. Um, he went on there. He did it Dave's way. He showed up, did the biggest shit. He did his own thing, right? It was just, it wasn't what the usual thing was, but he did it. And it rubbed people the wrong way. It was still a rad video. He still did awesome stuff. He came back to Greenville and was just like, we were all excited to see the video. And he was like, I'm going to let you guys watch it without me. Tell me what you think. Yeah. Because he was just like, People hated me. Yeah. Why did they hate him? It was it was a weird success. It was he was the he was such yeah he was such an icon in the sense of like there was there's there's two teams essentially so there's the there's the successful and then the side that didn't didn't like money mm-hmm. and the and that you shouldn't be capitalizing in this manner from BMX mm-hmm. and and I, and I'll, I'll be I'll admit that like. I was when I was younger, it was like a core aspect of I, I loved you guys, of course, but like the idea was like like I ride BMX for for me for heart, and yeah. Uh, yeah, like that yeah. type of thing. And I couldn't I couldn't relate the fact that they could do that to the as competitor. Well. The, yeah, the when I was younger, yeah, yeah, like that they weren't doing out all that exactly. stuff. Exactly, such a commonplace term. So, so there was so There's two camps. If like, there, yeah, yeah, exactly. So if the if the the leader of the other camp, of course, was Mira. 
And so he became the spotlight in many sense. So even when yeah. he's on Road Fools, it's like of the it's competitor, like a, the big money yeah. side of BMX. And so there's this uh he's the you know, the the shining star of BMX. And so when he's okay. on Road Fools, he's kind of like there's a spotlight on him yeah. and you can see kind of the ridicule in the, you know, there's like a little undertone, like, so Oh, we you, got a, we got a millionaire on the bus. Like so that you type think of him thing. Like, like killing it was what the dudes got jealous of. Cause you said he it's went not, and did it's it. Not jeal- it's like I, an I, ideology. So it's like, like a, you show up to the spot, right. And, and you know, like something like Roadful is like, everybody's kind of like trying to eye up something to contribute, to get a clip of or whatever. So and, I, one of my questions on here is what are the downsides of su- success okay. in that sense? And that's what I feel like within BMX. So you have, you you had yeah. you had your own drama with Keith Tara yeah. and showing up to the trails and the core aspect and like so all right, let's get thing, to that after yeah the yeah. mirror thing was like um, I think they were in Southern California mm-hmm. and there was a motocross race or a supercross race going on he had the ability to go do it so they had a, a an appearance at the Prima I don't even know what it was but there was a massive back rail foof he got out the bus did a couple things and just did this huge foof that just like shut it down yeah like nobody was gonna mess with that nobody. And he just did it, de-padded, went to the Supercross race. But that was Dave. Is like, get in there, do the work, and get out. Yeah. Okay, so, it was, so they're looking and then, at and it. Then, and then also Dave was like, Dave went in there thinking like, these dudes don't like me. I'm going to fucking so, show them. So I'm, I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to shut them down. And I got something mm. to prove. And you know what? And it, the crazy thing is, is like, you know, probably if it was approached different, all those dudes would have been so psyched. And mm-hmm. literally, like, like, I know for exa- I know for. 100% fact one of the dudes that Dave mentioned to in the conversation with me about how they were kind of uh you know he felt like he was against them in the and and he, they they uh portrayed a certain mentality that mm-hmm. was like anti him and he felt like BMX as a whole didn't really care for him made a post about Mira about how much they loved him and respect him. Mm. And it's like, I just don't think in the time they realized what they were doing to yeah. him in a sense. It kind of like pushed him away from BMX. Yeah. And and I think the Norcup thing was like his first intro back wow. for yeah. a while. Yeah. And he was like, he was blown away. He oh, was yeah. blown. He was absolutely blown away. But at the same time, not in the same, in the, in the mental capacity, I guess I would to, to go and hang out and be a part of that. Yeah. Because it's still like, he would come to house parties in Greenville and just be like, I mean, you, I could I could see it because I knew him, but he'd have ammunition ready because he thought people were gonna be like, Psh, and he was just gonna light him up. Yeah, that's a crazy way. Of but like, but that's, that's that was him because dude, yeah. he was a target. Yeah, he yeah. was the guy that target. everybody was doing, and it was like for good or bad. Like Top some, of the game. Some people were like, "What you're doing is amazing." Other people were like, "You're ruining the sport." Mm-hmm. And there was, I mean, if you think about it during the time of crazy like growing pains and stuff like that, like the in between gets lost. So you're either loved or hated. Yeah. You know? So I didn't have it to the degree of him, yeah. of Dave. Yeah, you... I, yeah. I, you know, and, and... And that goes back to kind of your jovial nature and, and stuff well, like and, that. Well, and I, I, I did get it. I mean, yeah. the key terror thing was of one course, thing where yeah. it's like, you know... And actually, I think Robbo ultimately was the driving force behind that. Ooh. Robbie Morales. Yeah, let's hear that because it's well, like, well, all right, so... Well, we let's... Get... Uh, before before we get to... before Just let's finish... Let's close out the mirror thing. So... Because it was... I mean, this is... Uh, so Dave wasn't liked in the sense that I think his uh, his competitiveness didn't allow him to just cruise. And I think not being liked, his, in his head not being uh, cared for within BMX is people didn't want to see him do anything other than win. Uh, like I think that that's correct. And I think so, he had the same same mentality for himself too. Like he yeah. didn't want to he didn't want to be fifth place. Yeah, of course. He was very he was notorious for a long time. I just like, I feel bad for him for well, having so much skill and 
thinking those ways instead of like he could have just had so much fun like the amount yeah of that's what I, that's kind of what i was getting time. is like, like yeah, that he gotta go to fifth place like fuck a contest yeah, just don't like, even ride a contest that's what i meant yeah, yeah, like, but at that time it's like you know he grew up in the era of events were everything yeah so if you had events like if you didn't have events what do you got yeah right it was very hard to like <laughs> right? adapt. it's such an interesting concept yeah, now i know it's but, like, but, yeah. but it's like but yeah. you know so you go from an era where there is no internet and you're literally waiting for the magazine to come out and you hope that that shot turned out good and you have no way of telling if that shot turned out good. Yeah. And you're just living off of like your life is in like a month or two delay of what you're doing. Right. And then all of a sudden you fast forward and you're doing these events and you're on live TV and then you fast forward and all of a sudden social media is there and all of a sudden everybody has access to you. He struggled with social media yeah. a lot. Yeah. He lit people up on social media <laughs> that were like dicks to him. Yeah. Lit them up. Yeah. And I'm like, you're giving them everything yeah. that they want. Everything that they want. Someone comes to you negative, all they're looking for is that response. He could not handle the fact that people, and it was such a small majority of people, thought he was shit. Yeah. And it's just like, ah, like, you know, it's like you want to just. It's crazy though, because like no one thought that. The people who would say that are just fucked up. Well, people. no, yeah, like, oh, exactly. Or like keyboard warriors were like, let me see if Mir responds. And they yeah. respond. Or like, they see him respond and they're like, they're like, that was amazing. I'm going to yeah. do it again. Yeah. yeah. But it's just like, yeah, you know, really, like Dave Mira just said yeah, something exactly. to me. Yeah. You know, like they don't know I'm they arguing, heard him. Look, I'm arguing with Dave Mira. Yeah, crazy. Exactly. Like, but I mean, that's like you transition from like what he started as to like what it was. And it's like, that's a hard thing to yeah, adapt to. And then going through the changes of like, kind of being at the end of your career, not getting those results you wanted, being that super competitive person, that first place was the only acceptable place. Yeah. You know, it's like when you hold yourself to that standard for so long and you're getting those results, it is hard to swallow getting fifth, eighth. And he, for a long time, if he felt like he had odds against him of not doing well or winning, he, he bounced. Yeah. He would be at a contest. He'd be at a triple crown. He would be at a do tour. He he left, or he wouldn't even show up. He would just miss the plane, yeah, and be like, "Yeah, I'm over it." But that's the level. Like he wasn't mm-hmm. willing to be anything less than Ricky Ricky Bobby, the Golden Boy. You know, yeah, it's like first or last. Yeah, and that's and that's last. that's the mentality of it. But that's what made him fucking so great too. Is mm-hmm. like yeah. he just he held himself to such a high standard, and then worked his ass off to achieve that level. And it's just like, dude, that's. Not many people can do that, yeah. you know. Yeah, I just feel for him. You know, I, mean, I, mean, the, I miss him. I, yeah, I straight yeah, up miss him. Exactly, but I oh, just yeah. think like you know, just he could have retired and just rode for the peace and the meditation yeah. of it. And he has the money to have his warehouse and flow with his no, friends and just not fucking possible. rip just, your hands off at ten feet. Like that's easy for him. Like I think it would have taken an unsurmountable amount of weed for that to happen. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> like that's it a just yeah. like just I, I just saying like I, I'm I'm semi joking, but at the same time, it's just. Some people. How do you feel about that at the point when you say like, "All right, I'm not gonna. You're not getting paid by companies to ride. Are you gonna ever be able to just go not go to the park and think I have to film something?" Or um, will you be able to? I enjoy that process. I kind of do. I mean, it's like I think my days of, you know, trying to win contests and stuff are like pretty much gone unless there's like an. I mean, you were on the podium at the only contest this year, by the (sighs) way. (laughs) Um. Let's say after though, like, yeah. all yeah. right, like I, right now you're killing it. So you just got yeah. third at a big contest. You've everything you film's dope. But let's say, whenever the time comes, are you gonna have to be like, I can't ride anymore? So, uh, what I've tried to do, and I'm very conscious of that. You know, it's like I I don't want to just be left with nothing in my life that I have to work for. You know, like a passion. Mm-hmm. So what I've been doing for I don't even know the past how many years is like, 
you know, working on these other projects, like this whole Olympic thing, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a gradual, I say gradual, it's been like a year or two, but it's like a gradual transition. Transferring love. Yeah. So it's like, well now it's like, okay, I'm still a writer. You know, I can still, I still have sponsors. I'm still doing stuff. I still have obligations on that side, but I'm also doing this other stuff too. Is my plate full? Yeah. Like I have a lot going on, but I know at some point, you know, this thing over here is going to go away and I'll have no longer have that. And then this is going to go away and I won't be like a professional writer, so to speak with obligations of sponsors, but I could still go out there with Darden and film a sick clip and have like, you know, that satisfaction of like, damn, that shit looks sick, yeah. you know? And I'm already getting to that point where I'm like, you know, like working with that Insta360 camera, I can do normal shit and film it insane. And I'm like, that's fucking dope. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. and, and that's just like, you know, there's all these little things that are helping me transition. So I'm not just like a cold turkey. All of a sudden, I'm not riding because I feel like that's, dude. Anything in life that's hard to do. Yeah. To cut something out and something that you love or are so passionate about to just not do it anymore, and then not expect to have some kind of withdrawal, some kind of like fucking negative. Yeah. It's that's so hard. So for me, yeah, like I'm. There's been a long transition of like, yeah, I can still go to the skate park. I can still do this. I can still ride this. I can still go on a trip and contribute. I can do all this stuff. But I'm also setting myself up for when that goes away and I don't have, you know, the pressures of being, you know, a professional rider. I'm, I'm going to be the coach of, you know, Team USA or I'm going to be working with this company to help them, you know, steer BMX the right direction. You're you going to be our BMX's official trick challenge doer. See? So to so, you, yeah. like almost like at this point right now, it like and you think like in the future you, you have like the feeling of getting that clip and seeing it is more than just like the session itself and not documenting it all. And like, fuck all that. Like just the feeling of riding. Like, oh yeah. To you, I mean, you love the the clip and the, like to be able to watch it. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's, there's definitely days where I go out. I mean, I'd say probably the majority of days I go out in my backyard and I'm going out there to, to get clips yeah. and I'm like, I got an hour. That's, I'm just gonna that's go the feeling you chase. Right yeah. Now, right. Right like, now. Because like, you know, I mean, in some ways it's like, it really does feel that, kind of satisfaction of like going to a contest because I'm like, I got an hour. I mean, that's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, that's like practice, you yeah. know, like you go out there with an hour of practice, you're charging it. So if I have an hour and I'm trying to get a bunch of clips to put something together, dude, I'm, I'm straight to business. And that's me out there by myself with the camera on a tripod, just doing it. Yeah. And I, I kind of love that. That's cool. It's that's like, awesome. I, and it's like, it's, it's weird. Like finding that satisfaction in ways that I never thought were possible, but I do think it'll get to a point where it's like, okay, I don't necessarily need to go out and film and it's going to be a slow, you know, like decline from that because, you know, maybe I won't have a sponsor that's like, Hey, we really need a clip or like, Hey, like eventually and, you won't, Yeah, you know, like but, it's, just, but it's just like, but then it might I, be 90, but, but then there hoping, will be a few years yeah, in your life right. where you'd probably <laughs> don't have to. Yeah. But it's like, you know, at that point then, you know, who knows, maybe my son Jameson or like maybe multiple sons will be like wanting to go to the park and then I can just ride with them. Yeah. Because right now it's like if they want to go in the backyard with me, I'm like, uh, can you move off the box for a second so I can do this like one hit X of three sixty real quick? You know? <laughs> and they're like, Okay, dad, whatever. And then I do it and then it's like, Okay, cool, I'm doing my job. But I would love the day when I can just be like, Let's go to the park and just ride. Cool. Or that, let me, okay. let's go to the park and cool. let me film you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's you know, cool. like no, so it's just like you know, I think for me, just being mindful of all these opportunities. Because they're all opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like being able to go to the skate park and film for my son, like you know, that'd be great if he was interested in doing that. That'd be cool. Like, you know, or just, you know, finding these opportunities to work with companies that are fulfilling, you know, that I'm like feeling like I'm doing something that I'm passionate about. So it's like stuff like that. Like I'm, I feel like that's a good handoff. 
Like, is it ever going to be the same as like showing up to an event and be like, oh, no. Yeah. Or like being on a podium and just It might be screaming. when you watch one of your athletes win the Olympics. That Dude, feeling, honestly, that feeling honestly, might feel the same. Yeah. Like it, it, if you I, really like getting it. goosebumps thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, you know, there's there's so many different things in life. And, and to me, you know, this long progression and, and kind of like transformation, you know, is letting me recognize these things because I'm taking my time with it to where I can have these things inserted in my life that I can work on that can be like, that's fucking awesome. Like, I like this. And then it's like, okay, well, I can have this thing that I like and this thing that I like and this. And if one of them falls off, I'm not just left without something that I'm passionate about. So I feel like I've talked about this a couple of times because it's opportunity, but it's you're conscious about it. But or I don't even think you have to be conscious about it because I think it's just your personality type. Like you you said with the drinking wine with the IOC, IOC people, uh, that was an opportunity that you didn't that he didn't even realize. And he just treated it well and wasn't negative that he was up in the stands with a with a sprained ankle. But you just had a good time with it and it turned into something. And I think you're conscious of it in so many different ways. And that's what's like or that's just your your personality. So it's that's why you have what you have and you see things as like, oh, I'm going to film with this 360 cam in the backyard. And all of a sudden, you know, you started off doing that without being sponsored. And now you're sponsored by them. Like and so it's like it's it's a weird it's a weird thing. And I think a lot of kids see opportunities as obstacles or they see it as like something that they have to do. When yeah, they shouldn't, I mean, and it's like I agree, and it's, and I, and it's a life lesson. That's I, I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Speaking of run-on sentences, yeah, that was but, a good one. But uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. I tried to interject myself like four times, but I yeah. couldn't get in. Yeah, um, but no, like I, I, th- I think with Dennis, like watching you, it's like fuck, dude. Like life's too short not to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, and I tell people this too. Like, what would you tell someone getting into BMX for the first time? It'd be like, make sure you love it because there's so many things out there that you could love. And mm-hmm. I want everybody in this world to have something in their life that they love, mm-hmm. that they're passionate about. Because dude, if you had something that you were living for, that you were excited about outside of what you have to do as an adult, fuck man, like I I think it would be a, the world would be a better place. Mm-hmm. You know, because you need that outlet, you need that thing, you know? Like I built as a 38-year-old man Growing little kids' bikes, I built a very expensive backyard ramp because I knew I need this for my sanity. Mm-hmm. I need to come back here because I love it. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know if I'm ever gonna need this like five years from now, but damn, right like, now you want it. And yeah, you like it. and I and I and I I need that. Like mm-hmm. if I can go out there for 45 minutes by myself and just get that feeling of floating through the air, landing smooth, blasting, hitting a huge 540. Getting the little sweat, getting the you know adrenaline. Okay, pumping. that's what I want to hear. Yeah, so I know what, you yeah, still exactly, have it. I was right? trying to kind of like understand that's like where you're at with it still. Yeah. yeah. And you were kind of talking about more like the sponsor side of it, but yeah, you you understand oh. what you need. No, like the that, feeling. I mean, that like feeling. Yeah. Oh, like, 100. I know you got to love that no, so much. How like, talented you are. Like, <laughs> I was telling Nick Bruce because I was trying to get him to come down and ride my ramps. I was like. I got something for you out there. You know, a big old 540. I'll teach you how. Because he yeah. was like, "How do you do big 540s?" And I was like. Bro, it's like the best feeling in the world. And he's like, oh, I'll get it. I got to be honest with you. I have zero interest in doing a big 540 on a big quarter. I was like, until you do one. <laughs> because like, I remember Miron did like a huge 540 during X Games run. I remember him saying that was the best thing I ever did in my life. I think I know. Did we post the 540 recently? Something. I yeah. Think so. I, I, that, yeah. that clip of the fucking 540 was insane. Yeah. And I'm just, so, I mean, like a yeah. little tangent, Jay, but I was Miron. like, yeah. I was shout, like, shout out to Nick Miron. Bruce do a big five like yeah. we love it so yeah that the feeling and and it's funny because like i always wondered 
you know, when that shift from riding and trying to do, you know, triple trucks and like, mm-hmm. you know, 720 double bars and, the, you know, just keeping up with the Joneses and stuff. It's like, when does that shift? Because there is a whole population out there that just loves cruising. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm, I feel like I'm slowly getting there. And my cruising might be different from a lot of people's yeah. cruising. Doesn't matter though. It's your cruising. But it's you like, know? but I, you know, like that setup I have in the backyard, the long and low into the box and then just hitting that five, mm-hmm. man. <laughs> like I don't know. That's cool. I could live That's for cool. that. Yeah. I, if I could do that, makes every you smile day. just thinking about it. Oh yeah. my <laughs> god, dude! Just floating that thing. It's like, yeah, it's good. Like I, I don't know if I could do that every day for the rest of my life. There you go. That's fucking that's sick. sick to hear. Yeah. And you yeah. sounds like you're, you're so tuned in. And I think that's a huge problem with a lot of really successful athletes, people who are really good at things. Because you you're at the top. You you're doing something that no one will ever. You can't even describe how much you love it when you're doing it. And then they just put it away. And that's like the sad thing you see about these people. They just put it away and they don't transfer their love anywhere else. And then they just get like, what the hell? Like, yeah. what is this? Oh, this huge, life's boring. It's a and huge it's, void because it's like, dude, you had excitement. You had, you were traveling. You had homies that were doing the same thing. You had this like small little bubble. And then all of a sudden you're like, Boop, I'm out. And then you're like, what, but what I you're got, doing dude? is so beautiful. And the, the such the, the, the right way to do it because you get to, work on one thing while you're still doing this thing and you're understanding that you can transfer that same amount of love you had with BMX to maybe getting Paris to hold the gold medal or Hannah or Angie yeah, I or mean, whoever holds it, I, you know? And I, I feel like I'm fortunate in a sense that like, you know, these people that I've worked with in the past, you know, we had great relationships and then their position morphed into something different. And then you keep in touch these friendships in BMX, like they turn into all kinds of different stuff. You You're know? all kids, but all the kids end up turning into adults yeah, and at some point doing we really have to cool like stuff. Grow yeah, up, but yeah. like, it's just, you know, it's just, Everyone picks their path. And- I feel very fortunate to be in the position I'm in because I, I think if I was, if I had been like a total just dick, you know, like I, I don't know where I'd be, you know, like if I just, if I just thought I was the, the, you know, greatest thing since sliced bread, it's like, I mean, who knows? Like people, people could have easily been like, Oh, your contract ran out. See ya. Never mm-hmm. again. Talk to yeah. you, you know? But it's just like, I don't know. But you have like Haro, relationship with them. It's a real relationship. Aside from you're an amazing, talented dude, you have this beautiful relationship. One time you won every single dirt contest throughout the whole year. You didn't lose a dirt contest. Won every single one. What else can we say about him? <laughs> the action figures, uh, video games. That was I mean, are, honestly, I don't. Do you need to leave at any point, or what do you? Because I mean, we're it's four o'clock, and I feel like we haven't even like interviewed him. We talked about. Yeah, it's been great. No, I mean, it's been amazing. I'll, I literally. I, this is the first, yeah, this is the first time where I'm like, dude, maybe you should try and come back like tomorrow night or something. We'll finish it or something. Do we a part could. two. Do, do a part two. I mean, honestly, like, let's do a part uh, two. Uh, well, do you have to leave? Didn't you say you had a timeline? I, I do kind of need to yeah. He's literally in between like, sessions with the, the U.S. Yeah. team. Yeah. Yeah, so think, if you were to, if you had to choose one and lose one, farts or bar spins? Oh, bar spins. <laughs> farts, dude, listen. Lose bar spins? Listen, 100%, dude. You just need that 540. That, that gives you yeah. the high. Oh, uh, that's a harder question. Oh, yeah, a 540 or a fart? I'm not going to yeah. answer that one. That, that 540, yeah. No. Uh, bar spins, yeah, because farts are always going to be funny and they're <laughs> universal language of humor and discussing this at the same time and it makes people laugh it can cheer up your day a bar spin only goes so far all right it's just a personal <laughs> but dude if feeling. i if i fart in front of someone's having this sh- like a shitty day yeah but if i you know if i can do it in a way and they laugh i mean fuck dude that's hilarious it doesn't get much better than so farts. honestly let's say you ever pooped your pants on a fart fridays 
Not a Shard, but I saw Shard Saturdays or <laughs> Shard something. Saturdays. Saturdays. Uh, so literally, there's like, a, I mean, I have there's over 200 questions on Instagram. Oh, I had a, really? I had other topics like just like it too. yeah. So it's like <laughs> I mean yeah, it would be cool. Uh, let's see if we can do it. It would be cool. And but you're gonna come back to California, I assume, right? I'll be back eventually. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we don't even have to make a certain just whenever it works out for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I if, swear, if tomorrow's like, yeah. too much pressure. Uh, that's fine, but I, I'm a hundred percent down. I feel like okay. I feel like we we talked about topics that you're involved with, but not. Are you guys getting the you, team together you know? to come out here a lot more? Um, potentially. Like we're like right now we're dealing with like a lot of just schedule stuff with events mm-hmm. and events not happening and mm-hmm. getting canceled. So it's like really this next week or two we're gonna really have a better plan of what we're doing for the next like four months. Cool. Um, well, part two or three with Ryan Knight yeah, was can, it just works weekly. out great that we're weekly. <laughs> you the coaching thing is based around San Diego, so yeah, you, you got to get back here eventually. Yeah, no, I'm down. I, okay. this is fun. Yeah, yeah, I, I do feel like we have a lot more to talk about. Oh, seriously, so much. Sorry so. if I talk too much. No, no, no it, was, it was fucking awesome. I no, zero, zero listening to Ryan Nyquist. Zero complaints. <laughs> yeah. So Sitting, listening to Ryan yeah. Nyquist. I almost texted my neighbor. I was like, Nyquist is coming over. You wouldn't believe Cause it. Because he know, yeah, because he know. <laughs> <laughs> I always get that. It's like you know, it's always Mira Hoffman Nyquist. Yeah, it's like always Ryan the Nyquist. Nyquist. Oh, awesome. things, so. Yeah, my buddy Josh at the coffee cart this morning. I was like, we're going to do a podcast with Ryan Nyquist. He's like, Ryan Nyquist. Like, wow. Yeah. Like that's not just normal at all. Oh, that trips me out. It's, I mean, I, I, I'm 100% appreciative, but it always just trips me out yeah. like, that people still kind of like are like, <gasps> you, 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 had a, an... you had a barbecue on your car on Cribs, an MTV yeah. Cribs. We, we had a, a Cribs. Yeah. We, we can keep going on that. I know. I yeah. yeah, we got a lot to we, talk uh, about. Part two. Yeah, yeah. yeah for sure. All right. Okay, well, cool. cool. Part Thank one, you. Ryan Nyquist, unclick Traction Coffee. Yeah. Buy the coffee so we can get Ryan Nyquist yeah. back here. Seriously, it <laughs> could be it. it. Yeah, yeah for it. real. Let's do it. So, yeah. Uh, sorry to all the Instagram people. I'll screenshot everything. And then when we do the second yes. one, we'll, we'll ask some questions. Cool. Yeah. Ryan so. Fudger, Ryan Nyquist, thank you so much for stopping in in between your crazy schedule. And thank you guys for having me. BMX thanks you. Yeah, for real. And I thank BMX. Dude, so great that you are like the heart of the Olympic thing, too. Like, we're so thankful for that because yeah. it could have been somebody else who just didn't care at all like you do so well thank you. I, I, i'm not the heart but I, I feel like i just part of it you're one of the organs oh yeah and i'm, I'm glad i'm part of it because uh it is something i'm passionate about so it's like and if this is like going to be something that's going to stay for a while then i want to make sure it's good so. with someone like you it has a way better opportunity too that's for sure thank you ryan nyquist you're the <laughs> love man you. i love you uh our bmx <laughs> unclick podcast we'll see ryan nyquist again in part two yeah work see you guys